I'm Karen Gillen, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex. Woo! Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as he travels the vortex in episode number 171. In between the tick and the talk, I drove to St. Louis and back. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I had more time that way. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been done that. <laughs> I if, I, if I could have arranged that, I'd have gone. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <clears throat> yeah, five hour drives. Not too bad. No. Was like it five? It. Yep. Seeing That's how long ways. it took us I've done it to get back. Yeah. Well, we stopped a couple times. I guess so, yeah. Straight to this. Everybody four. claims you can get to St. Louis in four hours. I've never done it in four. I've done it in 420, I think, is the best I've ever done it in. If you don't stop <clears throat> and go 10 over. <laughs> we didn't go 10 over. <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Good. I apologize now, listeners, if I go <laughs> off the rails because of exhaustion. <laughs> if, he, if he nods off in the middle of the podcast, <laughs> you hear, We're snoring. Or if I mix up my words, that's exhaustion. Our, our weeks are going to be pretty boring compared in comparison. Sean, what'd you do? This that's week? why you should, I should go first. Um, I had a nice weekend off um, oh. in preparation for for going to St. Louis, and then uh, financially <laughs> crashing and burning, and realizing, well, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went ahead and kept the time off and um, had a nice. Uh, a weekend at home with the family, and Katrina was so happy to see Pop Pop on fr- on uh, Friday night when she came home, and I was there in the garage waiting for her. Her eyes got like this big, and um, we so kind of guys got tattoos. Hmm? So you guys got tattoos? We got tattoos. We all got matching uh, G.I. G.I. Joe tattoos from Planet Comic Con last year. That we're still <laughs> there was a whole stack of them. So. Uh, still going through those, and uh, we kind of had a Disney weekend. We watched a lot of Disney flicks. Kind of trying to That's a good weekend to have. Yeah, <laughs> trying to kind of feel her out on you know what works and what doesn't. She really liked Little Mermaid. Um, did not fare so well with Emperor's New Groove, which is a shame. But it's just, it's kind of an older kid one. Yeah. Um, made it most of the way through Monsters Inc., which is weird. Cause she's very honest monster bug kind of kick right now. Um, what was the other one we watched? Little Mermaid and something else. Oh, Lion King. Hmm. Wow. Still, it's been a while since I've seen Lion King. I'm still flabbergasted at what, first of all, A, a good movie it is. It's just an, an amazingly well-made film. And B, how adult it is. Because, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of adult themes. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But when that one bit happens, man, she was just... just oh, really? Just, just, and I was like, ooh, maybe this is... Maybe maybe, maybe we, a little maybe, too intense. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe I made a mistake. I mean, she's only two and a half, but I sometimes forget that because she's <laughs> far beyond me. Um, but yeah, she was very intent on watching that, hmm. but then I think was okay with it. So hmm. kids are pretty resilient, yeah. especially in in that way. One thing that always makes me mad is when parents try to really kind of shelter kids from that, because while I don't think that they should be watching serious films that deal with death it's something that kids probably should learn about early on well and if Disney you can, movies will help them learn about if it you can, easier if you can spoon feed it to them that way I think it's more appropriate especially when uh, it'll, I think the Disney movies and those sort of things will help them 
get ready for when it happens in their real right. life. I agree. In, a, in a way, that's very true. Um, so I know I you don't want I, them to turn the, into a. The first time I dealt with it, I had I struggled with it. So you don't want them to turn into a Phoebe, where when they finally see the scene where old dealer dies, then they go, "They that's not in the movie. What what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the next night we did uh, we did Mary Poppins, which. She was really good with up until the film kind of turned serious. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one for a two for a two year old. Yeah, she she was she was good through all of it up until you know when it kind of started to dry up at the it's end. And Mary's where, not on screen much. That's about where Mason loses interest yeah. every time we watch it. And then uh, of course the step in time stuff. At that point, I thought, well, she'll come back into it when the you know, chimney sweeps up. Now nah, she was already gone at that point. Well, but, let's uh, see. <laughs> it's funny you say that because Mason kind of regravitates to the room whenever that part's coming on, but then it's such a long drawn out dance scene and and. What not that he gets disinterested again. So. <laughs> Loses him again. And I think even when I was a kid, that was I always felt that was way too long. I didn't because I loved it so much. Maybe, maybe toward the end of the scene, maybe. I like it now, but it's. But like you had to sit through the scene in order for them to start shooting fireworks at him. Oh, yeah. So it was like, yeah, bring it on. You know. <laughs> um, but I then, think as a kid, I just wanted that to happen sooner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and we put her to bed, and then Mel and I watched Saving Mr. Banks. Was, so it was kind of a Mary Poppins was our yeah. primer for that I still one. Still haven't seen it. It was really good. Um, I was a little concerned, being a Disney film, how much are they going to Disneyfy the story? Because uh, I think it's fairly well known that P.L. Travers was not happy with the way Mary Poppins turned out and the treatment of it. And um, it's very much an ex- exploration of her life and why Mary Poppins was so important to her as a character. And uh, unfortunately, Tom Hanks's Walt is not in as much as I was kind of hoping, but he's still very integral in getting the tide to turn and kind of winning her over. Um, and it was really well done. It was a very, very good movie. Um, definitely top ten of the year. Um, oh. So I, I enjoyed it immensely. But then it kind of ends right at the they, they do the film premiere and kind of her reaction during the movie, and then it ends. So you don't get any of the I wonder what happened post, right. you know, kind of stuff. So that, I guess, was the sanitation part of it. Um, but we did that, and then, of course, we went and saw Captain America. So, But I'll wait to talk about that until, because I imagine we're all going to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> What'd you do, Glenn? Um, I joined uh, Brittany and Rachel this week for um, a special tribute to Kate O'Mara. We did a tweet-along for Mark of the Ronnie on Thursday night. And which was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we got a chance to do that. And I'm glad that I got there and got caught up because <laughs> I got left, I left late for work, but I managed to catch up really easily. So, and got pretty in sync with them. Um, but I can't go without telling Rachel's story of the night. Oh, I saw that. Which actually. is uh, as we're tweeting along. Oh, that one. <laughs> Rachel kind of goes silent for a while, and I don't remember what I said about. Did it, everybody get involved or something like that? And she said, she tweeted back, sorry. And this was after a good maybe five, ten minutes of, of silence. She says, sorry, I just had a fangirl moment. Uh, go here to find out. And she had posted a screen cap, apparently. She had asked, or she had postulated just a question about, uh, I think it was when Colin broke his thumb. Yeah. And she. Wondered if it, 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 how much it hurt or something. I can't even remember how she set it up, but and she did Sawbones Hex in her uh, re- in referring to him, and he answered her, and so they had a nice little six or seven, you know, 
tweet tweet stream there back and forth uh, chatting together because <laughs> apparently from looking at the Twitter stream um, he couldn't sleep <laughs> he was up because he couldn't sleep so I thought that was really cool so and, and this is like me t- cheating uh, tweeting back and forth with Tom Baker it would be one of the equivalent because this is yeah. her doctor yeah I mean really this is be. she absolutely loves six so not only did she get a chance to meet him when she went to Chicago TARDIS this last year. She's now got to chat with him on Twitter. So that was really, really cool. So. We're people who know people. Yeah, I, 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 I tweeted <laughs> after she, she I went there and I read the Twitter stream. I came back and I typed, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so very cool. Congratulations to her for getting not only just a, a response and mention, but a conversation there for a while. That's pretty cool. That's really awesome. Um, and then Friday was War Machines, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. And Saturday night, oh, Saturday afternoon, we had a birthday party for Mason with just our family. How so did that go? That was very, very good. He got a lot of gifts. The kids had a lot of fun. All my nieces and nephews and all came over and played, and... Feeling a lot better this weekend. He was feeling yeah. much better this weekend. Um, yeah, he just finished his medicine on Saturday, yesterday, so he was he's done with that. So he's glad because he doesn't like the antibiotic. And then Saturday night after Caitlin's show, uh, Caitlin and I went and saw Captain America: Winter Soldier. No, I didn't do anything today. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. And because uh, Daryl will mention later that he doesn't mind this kind of thing, Chrissy, um, <laughs> I did get the hedgerow in my backyard that I've been staring at for months that had overgrown last year, but I wanted to wait until the leaves died on it so that I could go back there because it's much easier to cut back when there's not all the bush and brush and and it's easier to, to throw the twig twigs and whatnot in the brush pile. When it's not full so foliage. I went back in and brought it down about two feet and uh, so that it can grow back up again this year but with the resolve to <laughs> stay at it this year and make sure I don't let it get away like I did last year so that that was my huge accomplishment because of yard work and things that I have to do around the house that probably ranks up there on my top three worst I <laughs> hate doing that because I have to get up on the ladder I have to work above not above my head necessarily but I have to work you know out out away from my body, so my arms get so tired because these these head, this hedgerow is huge. Um, but anyway, I got that done, and so I wanted to mention that because Daryl enjoys hearing that kind of thing, and um, I, I it, that was a huge accomplishment for me. So, and next week, ring gutters. No, <laughs> that was pretty much all I did. Should we talk about cap first, and then talk about what you did? Sure, this weekend? Sure, because we we did that. You did we, that we during saw Captain America 2. What did you guys think it's of it? It's not called Captain America no, 2. It's, it's not. called Captain America Winter, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. They, they, they opted not to do the number number sequence on that. <laughs> they, they should have. I loved it. It was awesome. It was really good. This it was show, really best good. Best movie I've seen this year. Ditto. I've only seen a couple this year. I've only seen one. <laughs> Captain America is the only thing you've seen in the theater this year? Yep. Oh, wow. You are busy. I'm behind. Wow. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen this year. Well, the last thing I think I saw was Frozen or Smaug. <clears throat> I think I technically saw Smaug last year. You don't know well, they think were both about last it. year. I think I've only seen... No, uh, well, it came out last year, but I think I saw Smaug this year. Oh, okay. No, I, I saw them both last year, but... 
Thor was last year too, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I've only seen probably Mr. Peabody and Sherman in this in the theater this year. So That's still the best, best film I've seen. Best, best film of the year <laughs> so far. Um, really, really good. And and where I love how this movie contrasts the first film so much. Yeah. Because that doesn't always work with film. If it doesn't feel like, if the sequel didn't feel like the first film, a lot of times you can be turned off by that because it feels like they went a complete different direction. Yeah. But this one works in the sense that it has to go a complete different direction because we're talking about a 70-year span yeah. of difference. And I love how the first movie is The Rocketeer. And the second movie is a spy and espionage born trilogy. It's the perfect way to James update Bond. The, yeah, it's, his story yeah, and really, bring it into modern day. And any of the naysayers that say it didn't feel like a, a superhero movie, I, I completely disagree with you. And you should go back and read some of the, especially Shield heavy comic books, because they are a lot of them that are very, very much like this. So. I don't know how much we can talk about it, though, because yeah, I don't without, want to spoil it. Really, because there's, there are some really big, 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 big reveals, and I wouldn't want to give that away to anybody. So. I, I will say um, I will say, don't believe all of the hype, because I don't think any of us necessarily thought it was better than The Avengers, which is something I keep hearing like yeah. from multiple outlets. Yeah. It's nearly as good as The Avengers, it's, it's, in my It is a good film. It is a good, solid, well-made film, and it is immensely entertaining. But it's not the Avengers. My uh, humble opinion. I, I think some of it also. Oranges yeah, but yeah, the, again, really you can't really compare them. I think some of it also. Part of why I enjoyed it more was having watched Agents of Shield up to this point. I think helps too. That's yeah. true. You, you probably. Oh yeah, but that's why we are higher on it than he is. That's true. Oh, I, I thought you meant liked it more than Avengers. No. In, oh, okay. More <laughs> you than, went more, on the heels more, of that. More, more okay. than I normally more would than, have. Okay, I got you. I, I think, me too. Me yeah, too. I yeah, that, I, I'm, I'm sure there's there's an added element. Of, <gasps> you haven't been watching Marvel Agents of Shield? Oh, you're going to be. I saw the first five minutes of the first episode oh. and went, oh, cool, and haven't been back since. Oh, that's unfortunate. On the bright side, Greg Clark can't be mad at me for dropping off. Because you never started? Because I never started. <laughs> so. Oh, I, I saw the Lego movie this year. That's the other thing. Oh, I, I did too. I did too. So, this is way better than Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Every time somebody says Lego movie, I think of that song. Way better than Lego movie. <laughs> yeah, well, Lego movie was really good. It was okay. <laughs> it was no Cap- Captain America. It was no Captain America. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, don't know I like the inclusion of the, the Falcon. I was a I, little concerned. I really liked wasn't sure how you would too. do that. I did too because I knew that character from the comic books, and they took a, a stellarly different approach. But it works really well for this film. It really does. It was nice for um, really for it not to be the Wayans brother from GI Joe. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, was that what you feared it was? Gonna I be? was a little concerned that that's the direction yeah. they were going to go. When I mean, when you see the trailer and the metal and the suit mm-hmm. and the it's like oh we're going there but they didn't so that was cool um i like the villain i liked um all of the acting was, was was fantastic and any i'm sorry any excuse to see more robert redford can we please get this guy some more movies yeah. because he should never go away you know why he's in this because it was very much like uh what was the days of uh Day of the Condor? Is that what it was? The spy es- Three Days of the Condor. Three Days of the Condor. That was the yeah. spy espionage film in the 70s. This was so in line with that. He also did another film in the he 70s. He did Spy Game. 
recently. Well, recently, well, yeah. But he did he did another <laughs> one that was very spy and espionage many years ago. And we haven't seen Sneakers. Robert, we haven't seen Robert Redford. We, we and, haven't. A long time, so no. I mean, he's 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 done a bunch of. I mean, only because I work in a video store do I know this. He's got a new one out called All Is Lost, where he's like on a yacht that or a, a boat. He a does a lot of thing. independent films. He does a lot of independent stuff. I mean, like Sundance Film Festival is yeah. his baby, and he he loves the independent film. So so he shows up in that kind of stuff, but he he doesn't do a lot of mainstream. Um, I think he needs to do more mainstream. He does he's so good. <laughs> but um, yeah, all of the. Across the board, everything yeah. was. I, 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 also I, think liked the inclusion. I think he read this part and got went. Okay, this is something I can get I get behind. <laughs> so, I, I also really like the inclusion of Black Widow and what they did with her character. And I thought this was the most growth they've given her so far, and I really liked her inclusion, her involvement in it. Let me let me tell you this without. I don't think this will mess anything up because it's out there in the comics, but. Potential spoiler warning. Potential spoiler warning. This, her part in this, set it up to make it even more difficult if they follow some of the comic book line and if they continue to lift plot lines out of the comics. This movie made it will will make it more gut wrenching if they go the way that they go. That I think so. I didn't spoil Ooh. anything there. But I was quite surprised that they went this direction with her, I guess is what I'm leading up to, is that developing her character in such a way, which I was pleased with, I was also quite surprised that they went that direction with it because of what I know from the comics. You're saying so. Joss Whedon's going to kill her. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's, that's what you're saying. No, it's you're you're saying it without saying it. Joss no. Whedon's going to kill her. Thanks, Glenn. It's, it's almost worse than that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, everybody stayed for the two yes. bonus scenes. Mm-hmm. Once we had some people in the theater uh-huh. get up and leave. Adam and somehow there were con people. My, my biggest theater. disappointment of the of the entire film was the very last scene. That was my biggest disappointment. Other than uh, it, it didn't it really a, set anything a, up. No, and it was a well duh. I mean, and it was a, in case you didn't get it. Earlier, why wouldn't you get it earlier? It's, it was very obvious that it was going that direction anyway, and that's what happens at the end. So it just it was a well done. Uh, other than kind of tying up what happened to it, which they didn't at the end of uh, Avengers, you know. So yeah. no, no, no. You, I'm talking about the end of the end credit scene, not the. The end, the, the end of the end credit. The second end credit. The after end credit. The after credit. Right. Not the mid credit. The mid credit scene was. Oh, that was that the, one. What, well, what happened what to was it? The, I was fine. That was one was the, awesome. Was the second one. That one was awesome. It, it was the. Hang on. <laughs> what, without yeah. I'm, without, trying to, I'm trying to do. It's, it's going to be very difficult. Just give me a keyword or something, and my brain Museum. will kick in. Museum. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. Was such a letdown. Yeah, I agree it was with you. Like, I was expecting I, a humorous one. Why did I wait around for that? Because I, that was only that was like the next logical step for that. Well, it was know? just like it was kind of like the Thor two, the Thor Dark World, and 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 credit scene of him showing back. The spoilers. Well, but that, but that, but that well, was that like one I think because fair to spoil it's been out for. Well, not months. only that, but that one was not. It, it was still. It, it was, was kind like, of. I didn't believe that it went down the way that it did, and then, ta-da! Yes, you're right. So no, that one, to no, me, no, was no, a bigger. That's not the senior thing. You get your in. You're the, 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 the end and <laughs> things mixed up. I've only seen Thor two once. Is Thor returning to Earth? 
and going to Jane Foster's Jane house. Foster's house. Her and then you see the monster go across yeah, the, the monster parking lot, which is oh, hilarious. Oh, that one. Yeah. Which yeah. worked better for me because of the fact that, well, while maybe that was the natural progression of what you expected anyway with short Thor they, showing up, they then by tacking on, yeah, then by tacking on the monster running through the industrial center, hole. that was wonderful. I well, that see, was that, that was the thing, though, is that ever since, because we got in Avengers, we got the serious cutscene in the middle yeah. with Thanos, and then the, and then the, the funny one the end, with, yeah. with the shawarma. So then we get the the, the serious I, I one in Thor what Iron Man two. It was him three was. We found out that it was him talking to Bruce. Yeah, oh, the, yeah that's, that's why right. there was narration in the film, which that was so unsettling for me is the fact that we kept hearing Tony narrating <laughs> what was going on, and I thought this is weird. What a strange approach. What are you doing to me, Shane Black? And then at the end of the movie, when he he's on the couch and Bruce is there listening to I'm him, not a psychiatrist. Not a psychiatrist. I went, okay, that fixed everything. That's right. That's right. That was that one. And then of course the collector was the end of the Thor. Uh, oh no, that yeah, was that was Thor. Thor. Yeah, I was. Yeah. What was the mid credit scene at the end of Iron Man? I don't remember. There may not have been. There might one. not have been. Yeah. yeah. At any rate, it's, it's been kind of you get a, a serious one, and then you get a funny one. And so we had the serious one at the end of Cap, and I was kind of waiting for a funny, and we didn't. We got the museum, and it was like, you didn't, mm, uh, you know, what yeah. was that? Because it, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't really, I mean, it was serious, no, but it I, wasn't, my it didn't. disappointment. I didn't hate it, that. Yeah, it no, but fine, I mean, it, it but didn't but advance just, anything yeah, for me. It didn't, it didn't do anything. It, did, it almost was unnecessary yeah. after that point. It was almost like a, oh, well, now they expect us to do a mid-title we, sequence and an end-title <laughs> sequence. And so, what else I, have you got? I, yeah. I think they could have just slid the mid-title to the end and called it good. Adam Even got if they very would have angry. Them, that would have worked for me better too. Really? Yeah. Adam got very angry at the people who got up and left. <laughs> I mean, we we were. They were, used to. Now I think you've done this enough times. Don't. If you're an idiot, and you're gonna walk out. You know. You know what you're doing. There, 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 there were, Somebody there were, in our theater yelled. Oh, hey, yeah. there's one more. There, there was a group of us going, <laughs> "Don't leave! It ain't over yet." People still filing out. Okay, you call yourselves fans, you know. <laughs> there was one guy we were talking to who actually was doing panels, uh, a panel at the con uh, in line. He they ended up sitting in front of us in our theater, <laughs> and afterwards he was like, "I can't believe people left." The lights came up, and I'm still waiting, expecting something else to come. I'm just not trusting. <laughs> I was like, that's the right, that's the right approach. So, listeners, if you haven't seen it, yes, there's two. There's a mid mid credit sequence and an end credit sequence. So, stick around. Always stay it's a through Marvel the credits. You fr- found f- uh, film you stay to the end, no matter if you think they've told you. <laughs> Unless it's X Men, in which case uh, you might be okay. Not uh, uh, Wolverine. The Wolverine, though you the Wolverine. Yeah, did I haven't watched it, but I know huge. it's there. Oh, it's in the mid screen. Mid mid. Is it? I think it I is. Thought it was, I don't think it's there. Did the Wolverine? Yeah. Have I have it on my. Blu-ray I have the Blu-ray on my. Uh, Coffee God, maybe I turned Wolverine Airport. off. Yeah, I won't spoil that one either. I, I know what it is. I okay, it. maybe I didn't see it. I, okay. I read it. Go back and watch it. <laughs> I, I read it not quite expecting to go see the movie. so I rented it. I remember liking it. I found it at the library. Blu-ray. Uh, I, I suppose that one's been out as long as Thor. I could probably it's say what it is. But <laughs> well, I'll go back and watch it. I don't want to spoil it. Well, you know I, about it. You I know about it, but I haven't seen it, so it's still kind of... It was it was kind of cool. I was it was a oh, oh wait it's a setup for it's a yes, setup yes yeah. okay I did see that one although I yeah. don't know how they're going to set up because Days of Future Past is supposedly set like sixty or not sixty uh, thirty years in the future so well, it, it takes matter it takes that long to build some of this well, stuff well maybe <laughs> and that's one of those ones I that, do remember that now oh, the first time I saw the most recent Days of Future Past trailer I got excited again for it because I that's I. 
Well, we way tangented here, but I, uh, I when I saw the the trailer for this one, I had been very leery for you said that. months and months and months and months about how they're going to they have to do it right in order to really tie this universe back together the way that it is because X Men First Class deviates so much from what had been established that well, this one has to if they're going to bring it back in line with the Singer films and I I say Singer films I'm including Last Stand even though that technically wasn't his film. If they're going to bring it back in with that line, though, they got to do it right. And so then when I finally saw the one that's out now, the trailer that's out now, we got to see again in front of Cap. I, uh, when I first saw it, I felt a little more, I felt relieved. I felt, okay, this really feels like they're going to, they are going to do it. The more I see it, the more worried I get about it. So I guess I need another trailer. <laughs> <laughs> give, me another, give me another trailer, Fox, so that I can. I the theater we went to it. We didn't get any trailers. Oh my god, we got what? like seventeen. We, it was we got really nice. We got theater. more trailers than I've ever seen at the beginning of a oh, movie. Oh, it was, in my it was insane. Really, we, we had lots. We, of trailers. Our movie like, didn't start. It was supposed to start at ten fifteen. It didn't start till like ten thirty five or something. It was almost twenty minutes worth of trailers. We didn't horrible. get a single. It wasn't one. horrible, but it, it, was, it was a really nice theater where there was like these space, essentially two recliners without the fold out seats. Oh, and, those those are nice. And you got the the iPad that you can order stuff and the the side swings out so you have a table. So it was a really nice theater. I was kind of surprised we didn't get trailers. And a little disappointed. So I like trailers. I like trailers. I do too. I don't want 20 minutes for the trailer. Oh, what did we get? We got a Spider-Man. Lucy. Was it a new Spider-Man? Yeah, Lucy. No. It, yes, it was a new Spider-Man too. And I actually Wait, I feel better about the new, new Spider-Man 2. Because you've probably seen them all. He's not always up to date on the trailers. Because the, they are, recently yeah. released one that said it's, this is the final trailer. I think it's the final trailer oh, okay. that I had seen. This one featured so. all three villains, at least in glimpses, as opposed to the other one, which pretty much was just Electro. Now this one, well, even okay. the final the, trailer the final. is just a few more scenes than the last one okay. that they did. Yeah. So, yeah. It is, but this was that one. It's probably the final one. Well, this one had Spider Man talking in it, so it was. Because he didn't talk really in the other ones. He didn't. In the, in that that was one of the things we had added to this one. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it was. But we got that one. We got Odyssey Guardians. We Lucy got Lucy, looks interesting. which does look interesting. Well, this one, the, so you guys, you guys did get Guardians. We got Guardians. I was kind of hoping <laughs> to see that on the big screen. <laughs> um, we got another Disney trailer. Oh, Maleficent. Maleficent, which is a different trailer than what we've had before for that one. Yeah. See, this was this the one. This is slightly different than the last one, but yet it was different. It was. I mean, this one seemed like it gave a lot more of the backstory that they're going to explore in the movie with her, as opposed to the "here's the Sleeping Beauty" setup. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. still with Phil. I did. I while Maleficent is my favorite Disney villain, I I just I I'm along that lines that I don't need to feel sorry for the villains. I don't need the <laughs> I don't need the reason why they became villains. I mean, if you're villainous, you. You're villainous. It doesn't matter what well, your backstory I think it's, is. It's yet another you long, don't interesting trend. You don't need to Siler it. You don't need to Wicked Witch of the West with Wicked. You don't have to. You don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. I don't care. Great villains are villains because they're cool. And I blame George Lucas for this one. Because, <laughs> well, let's see how Darth Vader became. No, just you know what? Goldfinger was a great bad guy. Why? He loved gold. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> I don't need his backstory about why he became no, 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 no. obsessed with no, no, gold no. at an early age. You're, you're 100% wrong on on Star Wars. And the reason why you need Vader's backstory is because of the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay, if maybe. You're, but if, you're, if you have such a redemption scene of your villain, then yes, I want to see where you came from because... It's a full circle effect. I will give you that but one, but got, I still think it was because a, of that got, that everybody else has jumped on that. Let's explore. If you've got that's probably the reason, but but Lucas is not guilty of that in one way or another. Okay, 
in one way, you know, I don't need to see the history of Blowfield. I don't need to see the history of the Wicked Witch of the West. I don't need to see the history. I don't need that from villains that aren't redeemed at the end of the film or, 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 or go through some growth and redemption. I don't need it. Now, I am really excited about Spielberg's new film where they're going to go back and explain why the shark is bad in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> he had a rough life. He, he ate a license plate. We're, we're Captain America. That's right. <laughs> What'd you do this week, Keith? Uh, we drove to St. Louis on Friday. Yay! Yay! Got up early and drove. Uh, you make St. Louis sound so nice. Uh, <laughs> What'd you do in St. Louis? Oh, St. Louis. <laughs> I don't like driving in St. Louis. We drove by the Arch. We well, okay. We get to St. Louis, and the first thing we do is go to Budweiser because Sarah wants to see the Clydesdales. So, so we go and we. we I went to yeah, I went to drink. Are. I went for the free beer. Well, <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I know that the Budweisers in, yeah, in no, St. They, they have a they have a stable. Really, I yeah. did not know that. Okay, it's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, we went in there. We didn't do the full tour because we wanted to try to get to the arch, which didn't pan out. But I'll get there in a which second. Which is not too far from it. Me. Isn't? Yeah. No, you it's can see in the drive. You can it's see a pain to drive there. Especially when there's construction. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, there, I, St. Louis is always under construction. Yeah. Every time I've been there, hated driving. Even in when St. we Lewis. thought we were going to drive around it going to Indianapolis, <laughs> we drove through construction. Downtown St. Louis is a horror to drive in. But we went to the, the Budweiser and we went and we we started the free tour and they were like, "Well, okay, we're at the stables. Here you go. If you don't want to go on the rest of it, you don't have to. We can take you back." And we're like, "Okay." I don't and remember it, much past the Clydesdales. I've been through Blind Tiger. I know how they make beer. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't need so to see it. You see the Clydesdales before the yeah. That's the, that's the very okay. first thing because I do remember all the brewery stuff. Yeah, I, it's I, I I know how they brew it. I don't need to see it. it if but you got to go through that to get if, to the taste. If we room, had yeah. more time, <laughs> I would have stayed to get my free beer. If not, oh well. It worked out really well. Grand Canyon. All right, let's go. <laughs> Let me tell it you, it worked this. out really well. The arch is much better. When you've had a few beers, <laughs> would better ways. <laughs> oh man, I feel like falling over. Well, I couldn't have had too many because I was driving. Ah, so in downtown San Diego, yeah, which was a headache in itself. Oh, that, that would have uh, alleviated all your problems. But so, so we we end up ditching the tour, get back to the lobby. See that make you started that sentence off, and it sounded like it was going to be way cool. Well, like, wait, we ditched the tour guide we the, we and snuck no. around the war games computer room, <laughs> and then did this. No, we ditched the tour guide and went back to the lobby where there was a Clydesdale in the lobby, <laughs> where we could take a picture with it. Oh well, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so it was totally worth skipping out on the rest of the tour to go do that. And so Sarah was very much over the moon about that. Um, next stop is going to be Boon Boon Boonville. Where they raise the Clydesdales. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was that big of a Clydesdale. She likes the Clydesdales. I would have never guessed that. She bought the Clydesdale. A stuffed one. Oh. <laughs> Not a real one. <laughs> a stuffed it's, one. It's an animal. <laughs> where are you going to keep it in your apartment? <laughs> uh, what, what, I was all, what impressed me the most about... Sean walks in the bathroom. <laughs> are you aware... <laughs> Just FYI. What impressed me the most about the Budweiser was actually the gift shop and how it wasn't exorbitantly expensive. Mm-hmm. This beer stein, well, not uh, it's a pint glass. It's Rolling Rock a subsidiary it, of Bud? Yeah. I hit Bush? I had no you, idea. You know what else is? Stella Artois? That Belgium beer? 
I had no idea it was a Belgian. It, Budweiser makes it. We import it in here. <laughs> um, but it was only like five bucks. That's not bad for a, yeah. Now I, I, I expected, it's an off-brand. I expect. No, <laughs> I checked the other. They were five bucks. If too. it was a Budweiser glass, no. it would have been thirty, the, fourteen uh, bucks. But Rolling Rock, that's yeah, five. <laughs> Why didn't I know Rolling Rock was a uh, Anheuser Busch? How much would you expect this to be at a gift shop uh, at someplace like that? Uh, Twenty-five, fourteen ninety-five, ten. is your answer to everything. <laughs> the bigger one was was fourteen ninety-nine. How much was that one? Ten. Ten. So I was really impressed that, that they is a well priced horse. That they didn't gouge. You know how much that is at the Coors um, Brewery? Cheaper? Yeah, much. They give them away because there's like <laughs> here have a stupid Clyde's dude. That's because no one goes to the Coors Brewery. Uh, and then we went and had dinner, and then went to go see Captain America. So you did that Friday night. We did that Friday night. Uh, we did stop by the con because we went for. Comic Con, obviously, uh, and kind of walked around. Got our smartly got our passes ahead of time, so we could just go right in when we got there. Um, we Good did, use of time. Yeah, yeah, and kind of scoped it out. I went and figured out where autograph lines were going to be, that kind of thing. How far away did you stay from? The- uh, half a block. Okay, good. Yeah, we stayed at a con hotel, which was a bit more expensive, but it was a really nice hotel. It was nice to be that close. It was nice to be when that you close. Get tired, you and come back and rest. In downtown St. Louis, it was great to have valet parking. Mm. It was worth paying the extra money to pull up and be like, take care of it. <laughs> because that's How much did you valet take? parking. Gotcha. Yeah. How much did you I take? thought you said alley parking. Oh. And I went, dude, I would not park in an uh, alley in St. Louis. First time, 10. Oh, wow. Because they were really quick. The second time, 5, because yeah. it took a little five's longer. 5 the standard. Oh. If you okay. don't know, I didn't, don't know this. We weren't sure. I thought five, five is the Sarah standard for ten, ballet. so yeah. I went ten the first time. And I, I, it was the same day, so I didn't feel as bad tipping less. You gotta be careful day. though, because you tip big when you first get there, and then you don't, and they'll puncture your tires the third time. So, <laughs> well, and then we were smart, and when we, because we got the car out Saturday morning, and went to a couple yarn shops, of course, and came back. <laughs> Leave him alone. No. His passion is one thing. Her passion is another. How do you think I get her to agree to go to these things? (laughs) Internet search, yarn store. Ooh, honey. (laughs) There's quite a few. Did you know there's one in Chicago? (laughs) Uh, And... Oh, oh, came sorry. back. (laughs) Just occurred to me something exciting happened. Dropped off the car, went and picked it up to go to dinner, and then when we came back, self-parked it. So then afterwards, we didn't have to deal with valet trying to get out and... When we checked out, we could just take our bags to our car and then go down to the con and everything. It was really well done. Um, And so we did that Friday and Saturday yarn shops. And then Saturday at the con was a lot of waiting in line. Got there first thing, went to Alan Tudjik's line. He is so delightful. (laughs) He is one of the best guests I've ever seen. He takes time to talk to everybody. Uh, very gracious. Uh, he asked about my shirt. I was wearing uh, my Cyberman Control Alt Delete shirt. He was like, "Oh, I don't get it. <laughs> Control Alt Delete is that his name?" I was like, "No, it's a Cyberman. It's a catchphrase." He's like, "Oh, Doctor Who. I haven't watched it." And he, oh, he said, I, "I've watched a couple of episodes with Matt Smith. They were really funny." 
and Sarah said something along the lines of, yeah, they're funny. Not as quite as funny as you are on, on Firefly. And then I complimented him on Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and he got a big tickle about that. I told I, I told him along the lines of, uh, you made Abraham Lincoln Va- Vampire Hunter ten times better by your cameo. <laughs> and so he was like, thanks a lot. And then he went on to tell us how, in a deleted scene, they killed him. Oh, really? <laughs> by impaling him in the neck with a newspaper. <laughs> And they were trying to kind of, he was trying to tell the story to us and they were trying to kind of move us along. And so the next person can go, but he was, so we just kind of stayed there and talked with him a little bit and then we got to go. And so he was really great. That's awesome. Uh, his line was only like 30 minutes long or so, maybe 45. Uh, and then we went to summer's line. Hers was a little longer, but she also took a bathroom break in the middle. Uh, she was very nice. Uh, didn't talk as much, kind of chatted about Kansas actually. Uh, got her autograph. Is she from here or know somebody from here? Or no, they, they asked where we came from. Oh. And so we were like, yeah, Kansas. And so we kind of chatted a little bit about that. Uh, actually, we kind of chatted more with her husband than her. So it was kind of a... She was she was very nice. Uh, very, very thin. I'm always shocked when I see these actresses in person. And especially if it's been several years since I've seen them on well, the television, apparently, because she still looks like she did when she, I watch Arrow and she's on Arrow. Oh, is she? And she, she still looks, looks tiny on there. She, I mean, she like, looked a little but thinner. Not thin, thin. She looked a little thinner. I haven't seen her on Arrow, but she looked thinner, at least from Terminator. Terminator. Uh, last thing I saw her on, um, I saw Eliza Dushku walking by. Oh yeah, Dollhouse. She was she was pretty thin there. Eliza Dushku walked by, and I saw her. I didn't get her autograph, but she also was one of the... She looked very thin, and kind of like when we saw Jewel, she very much thinner than I'm, I'm used to seeing them. Can't ranch 10 pounds? Apparently. <laughs> well, Jewel, for Firefly, they made her eat a lot and put on weight. So Probably because they were making her look younger, because she kind of has that looks like baby weight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's. I don't know if I've offended anybody, but that's... <laughs> sometimes... Baby weight, that's what they call it. It looks, makes a woman look younger if you, if it's put on in a, in a certain way. Yeah. It gives them more of an innocent look. I think that's what they were trying to they do. They were trying to, yeah, of, trying to make her look kind of younger. A, and, yeah. Uh, so then after that. It work well, but <laughs> it's kind of disturbing. It's sort of a. We spent thing. so much, well, since we got, we didn't get there when the show opened at 10. We got there kind of like 1130 after doing the yarn shop. Oh, that's because you did the yarn shop yeah. at first. We originally were going to... Oh, I didn't, I didn't do the arch. Sorry. We went to the arch after Budweiser, got in line, waited, got close to the door and realized, oh, they're sold out of going to the top. So we left. And we were going to get up. So you didn't... We, we didn't go up. Oh. Have you ever been to the top? I have. Sarah has okay. not. She didn't go ride in the washing get, machine or dryer machine? She did not. Elevators? And so we were originally... We were so dismayed. I'm not claustrophobic. That just, just thinking and remembering that. So. We, we disliked driving in St. Louis so much. We looked, and we were going to get up and hop on the metro and go down to the arch because it's not that far away from where we were and go up in it in the morning. And we were both so tired that we were just like, uh, we'll sleep an extra half hour and go to yarn shops instead. <laughs> So that's what we did. Um, I guess I should have warned you if you had plans. And for anybody who's visiting the fair city of St. Louis and you want to go to the Arch, 
Gorgeous. First thing in the morning. Yep. You've well, got to get there first thing in the morning to buy tickets because they pace them out that you can buy them for the 3 o'clock or the 4 o'clock. Or uh, the, and so a lot of times those later times fill up. And then the people who show up, even though maybe the early times didn't fill up, but the later times are already sold out. Yeah. So That's why we figured... Well, that's why we plan on going first thing in the morning. But and they stop at something because it's a national thing. It stops at like five yeah. or four thirty or something. It's, they it's stop later in the summer, after. from when I yeah. from when I saw. So it's it's kind of a weird weird deal. But. Uh, and right after we got, we spent so much time getting uh, Alan's and Summer's autographs or waiting in line that it was about time that we needed to kind of rush over to try to get to Matt's panel. Unfortunately, we did not get into Matt's panel. Oh. Because it was full. Uh, Wizard World has this the VIP system, which, on the basics, I am okay with it. Uh, people pay more, so like if so, they get guaranteed seating in the panels. I get that. Okay, they paid more. Um, they get to kind of kind of line jump to get autographs. Depending on the situation, I'm okay with that. So that the the because of the the amount of people going to the map panel, it was full. But what they did smart was there was you kind of go in, and there's like an entrance area, and then you go into the big arena where the floor is. So this is where you would buy all your tickets, or redeem your autographs because uh, you take your print out and go get a business card and say, okay, this is my ticket autograph, and it's where the photo ops are. They had a screen where they showed the panels. Oh. So if you didn't get into the theater, you could still watch the panel. That's cool. So we still got to see the panel. Matt did a really good panel. Um, uh, kind of your standard questions, what's your favorite alien or monster, that, that sort of stuff. Uh, I did learn a few things I did not know that we knew that he... His home address? No, not quite. Um <laughs> We wondered if he was still staying. Do you want with, it? I've got that. We were still oh, wondering if he, he was staying with Nathan. I figured he he stalked him. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> uh, but when when he got the job, obviously he watched all the Who. He also read a bunch of science books of like Einstein and Newton and Dawkins and a bunch of like science books and philosophy books in preparation for it. That's I did not clever. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Either. I didn't either. Uh, he also wrote some fan fiction of the Doctor palling around with Einstein. Now I think I've heard that somewhere. Uh, there was one where he, they kind of end up in this bubble universe where a bunch of historical figures have gone, and he kind of made Einstein a woman chaser. Uh-uh. <laughs> so Einstein was chasing after Marie Antoinette, and he was like, "No, come back here, Einstein." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he was he seems like was it his doctor? <laughs> it was before he took the role, so I, I would assume it was. And I assume that's kind of why they did that short with Einstein was kind of his pushing and prodding. Could be, uh, or maybe just a happy set of circumstances. It could be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so there was some of that talk, uh, a little bit of talk of uh, his time in Detroit filming with Ryan Gosling, and. How they were all surprised how many Who fans showed up <laughs> every day. To show. And the, 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 his co-stars kind of turned to him and was like, so this thing you were on was pretty big, I guess. <laughs> so, and, and there was a lot of similar anecdotes you've heard in other panels and stuff. So it, it, it was a really good panel. 
Uh, so then we we ran after that to get his autograph because that was the only time he was doing autographs and waited and waited and waited oh, and waited. <sighs> I want to say we were in line for an hour and a half. Ooh. His panel ended at two forty-five ish, and we got in line. He probably got to his table at like three oh five ish. And we probably were done about four fifteen. Wow. So that I think that was the longest line we waited in. So we got his autograph. He was very nice. He it, unfortunately they were moving us through pretty quickly because there were so many of us. We sure. didn't we didn't get a chance to talk and interact. He said hi, I said thanks for coming on. He said absolutely, blah blah blah, you know, kind of that nice thing and we were off. I mean it was very it was very short. There were a couple of uh, girls in couple of people in front of us that we were afraid we were going to pass out because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cues worked where it, it, one thing that they did really smart was they taped lines on the floor so you had metal line metal like dividers snaking in front but then they had spillover area with tape on the floor so they lined up people that's kind of cool so then this line would go then the next line and then the next line so that worked really well they're very big on their lines <laughs> We showed up today. Uh, Wizard World. Wizard World's been doing this for many yeah, years. Yeah, we we so. showed up today. Two minutes to opening, and we had to get in line, <laughs> and then wait for everyone else to go through, mm-hmm. just to get in. It was kind of like uh, that's a bit excessive, but okay. Yeah. Um, but there we were, don't want to know anything about that. <laughs> We've got a great a great way to get you in the building early. We didn't unintentional. Mean to. We didn't mean unintentional. To. <laughs> But so he and he was very very nice. Uh, the, the the girls, we, we were in the queue and they were kind of excited. And then we got to the queue in front of the tables and they started getting a little teary and squeeing. And we thought they were going to faint, but <laughs> <laughs> they, but they didn't. They a, made a, it through. A brush with Beatlemania, huh? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> now let, let's talk turkey. Did you faint? I did not. I actually honestly. Did you squeak? I didn't squeeze. I honestly Did had your a voice crack a little bit. No, a little weak in the knees. Actually, uh, I, I was very excited. I was very. I was had a bleeping grin the whole time. <laughs> I honestly kind of had the 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 fanboy rush a little more with Alan and Karen. Those were the two I kind of had really? it with. I think it was because I got to talk to them more than anything else. With a Matt, it was a thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Here you go. Goodbye. That's the way it was with Shatner. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, with that mass of people, which... Well, you get in lines knowing that, too. So you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah absolutely. Build up, whereas when you get into a line and you realize you're going to have a little bit of time to chat, yeah, when, it when, starts when, racing through your head, but not only am I just seeing this person, I'm I get to talk, talk to him. Well, and with some of the people that. at PlanetCon, I kind of feel like maybe I... Planet Comic Planet Comic Con. <laughs> I feel like maybe I kind of mentally rushed myself through it. Oh, that I could have stayed and talked a lot longer than I actually did, <laughs> but I'm in that the mental clock's going. It's like, okay, the next person needs to go. Oh wait, there's nobody here. But okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there wasn't that. Uh, later, we were in line for Nathan Fillion, and they were announcing over the intercom. No line for Matt Smith. If you want an autograph, go now. <laughs> we could see through the tent. There was a line. There may not have been a spillover line. But That's there was a line, yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, 
Really? I haven't walked the floor. I barely walked the floor at all. I could have waited and then maybe gotten to talk to him. You never know, though. I, that's yeah, the thing. Right. I, better I, I to get it done than I, not. It was kind of like a, well, I, I didn't want to risk it. And I'm sure everybody kind of had the same thing. He's only signing from here to here. We're going now. Yeah, and exactly. That's So the that's thing. why there was the huge buildup initially. And so then as we tried to go into Nathan's line next, and they weren't quite ready, so we kind of wandered and walked the floor a little bit. That's when I picked up the... Uh, Adventures of Canine and Other Mechanical Creatures, because we got to see the floor a little bit. Uh, the vendors, J.K. Rowling's new film. <laughs> it should be. Hagrid's teaching it. I think it <laughs> mechanical Creatures. Uh, I think that's mythical. No, it's mechanical. <laughs> it's mythical. <laughs> uh, the floor is very, was, it was pretty much your standard. A smaller artist alley than Planet Comic Con has, so I think that's something... Smaller? A smaller. Smaller, yeah, so I think that's something planning. Uh, Wizard World is m- very much more so a pop culture convention, I think, than a Comic Con. Yeah, uh, a lot of familiar booths, so we kind of glazed over those. No offense, guys. Well, we just saw you at Planet Comic Con. Um, a lot of T-shirts, a lot of plushies, a lot of action figures. It's it. It kind of blows my mind now. I mean, I think back to. The first Planet Comic Con we all went to as a group for the podcast, where the only thing I we could find with who was that little TARDIS I bought, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing action figures and people are dressed up and it, yep. the the growth that's made in this amount of time just kind of sometimes baffles me and mm-hmm. stops me in my traps tracks and kind of renders me speechless for a minute. I'm like, wow. It's a good time to be a Who fan. It is a really good time to be a Who fan. Unfortunately, because it's such a good time to be a Who fan, all the stuff you see at the con is stuff you see online or in boots. It's the same stuff everywhere. It's the same stuff. Uh, I did see a Capaldi action figure. (laughs) Really? The the new one that came. Is it an official? It's the official one of him in Matt's outfit. The, the 3.75 oh, one. Okay, yeah. yeah, that one. I haven't seen it anywhere. I, I don't know if you've gotten it in yet. Oh, we haven't gotten it in. I've seen I, it online through the catalog. I've seen but. it online only. Um, and some of them did have the Dr. Dalek pairing that we've seen online. I was really tempted by the 8th Doctor one. But, Ooh. yeah. But part of me was also like, but... I I I I needed to figure out what episode, what story this Dalek was from before I could purchase it. It's an audio story. It's an audio story, but I don't know which one. And it's it's gonna. He's the one with the red Dalek, right? He is the red yeah. Dalek. Yeah. Actually, there were two uh, two different booths had it because uh, we bought so many figures with uh, their cases that are new line, um, and they had some too. And they, we talked with them for a while, and they were really nice guys. Um, but so that's the floor. I'm kind of done with that because we didn't really walk it as much as we probably should have. But I feel like we saw enough. Uh, back to the Nathan line. We were we got in line for Nathan, and there's there was a VIP signing, autograph signing tomorrow or on Sunday. There was a five o'clock sh- signing on Saturday, a VIP autograph signing on Sunday, and a normal autograph on Sunday. For whatever reason, a lot of VIP people decided to get their autographs on Saturday. So at one point, when we were waiting in line, they come through and say, we've got a lot of people, and he's on a time crunch, but we're going to try our best to get you through. If we can't, we'll get you a refund. 
And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I'm fine with the VIP stuff, but when they have their own special time to get an autograph, that's when they should go do it. They should not take away from the Saturday-only admission people who paid online in advance to get their Saturday autograph. Yeah. They I should not have that. to. They those people should have priority. Yeah. Then VIP, and then anybody else just paying cash. <clears throat> Other than that, it they, wasn't spillover time or anything. It wasn't like the VIP was scheduled to go from four to five. No, and VIP it was now wasn't scheduled on Saturday at all. It was only Sunday. Then yeah, see, I I, yeah. I agree that, with you. That, that, that was the one instance where I did not like the VIP system. So Planet Comic Con, I do not endorse the VIP system based on that alone. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Nix. Um, but the line for Nathan was, it was long, but we actually, guy behind us from Topeka. Really? Goes to Washburn. I unfortunately did not catch his name. I think he might know you. <laughs> he does lighting for uh, the theater. Um, I might know him. <laughs> uh, I, 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 he knew Blake. Because uh, apparently Blake never reached out to me about this, but he mentioned to this guy and gatekeeper that he ought to send his bat belt that he has to get uh, Adam West to sign it. I bumped into Blake at Captain America, and he talked about the fact that he almost went just because he was going to get Adam West and Burt Ward on the belt. And I'm like, yeah, but at 50 bucks a piece? He goes, dude, on the belt. <laughs> yeah, okay, you've got me there. So that was very cool. And then uh, another person Why on the line. send the belt? I don't know. He never reached out to me. I don't think Blake would let that go out of his sight. <laughs> I really. I think Blake wants to get it himself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And a, a lady next to us uh, was from Lawrence. Really goes in the yard barn. Recognize Sarah. <laughs> and so they were all at Planet Comic Con. So that was nice. Uh, in the Karen line, there were a couple of people behind us that were from Kansas City that went to the uh, Planet Comic Con. So it was kind of neat meeting. So you were a minor celebrity in that line because well, they all saw you on stage with Sylvester, right? She did, she said she didn't say for sure. I know she didn't get a Sylvester autograph because she didn't have the extra forty. Oh, so but they all were like, "Oh yeah, the Sylvester panel." So I assume okay. they rec- uh, the guy behind us definitely knew who we were. So I'm sorry if I didn't get your name. If you're listening, write in and let us know. I feel really bad. It was afterwards. I was like, oh, I didn't. Oh. In fairness, he met you after he met Matt Smith. I bet probably 90% of the stories he's telling now are <laughs> that's true. Probably not real. Uh, Nathan was really nice. I'll ask Sarah what happened. He fainted. He just went. <laughs> we spent the rest of the con in the emergency services ward. He had a big concussion, and we I had to drive home. That's what happened. But. <laughs> I was afraid it was going to happen. No. <laughs> if I got to talk to him, maybe. <laughs> you know what Sarah said about Matt? Actually? Bring one of those neck pillows just in case he went over. Uh, she was impressed at how tiny Matt was. She thinks he's smaller build than I am. Really? Yeah. I'm, I was I was kind of surprised. Stand that. up. It. it. Great audio. Well, you are number one in her life. That's He's number true. two, so number three, I guess, behind. I don't. I don't <laughs> Alan Tudjik may be rising in her ranks. <laughs> <laughs> she really liked him. He charmed the pants off of her. <laughs> he stole. The, I'll get to that. In a minute. Okay, sorry. Um, but Nathan was. I, you could tell he wasn't quite feeling well. Mm. His voice was kind of not quite there, but he still took the, the opportunity. Every person he shook their hand and talked to them. Uh, at That's least why he's not feeling well. He's getting done with germs <laughs> from these con guys. Well, 
amateur. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be the last season shake he does a hand, that. Squirt of antibiotics. <laughs> he might have been doing that. I don't know. I didn't see Shaking it. Shaking hands, squirt of antibiotics. <laughs> he was very friendly. He also commented on my shirt. Uh, <clears throat> liked it. Um, Control, delete. Yes. Same shirt. He recognized it. He recognized it, yes. Nathan Fillion's over. <laughs> Him and Matt Smith pal around all the time. Yeah. He is. Matt Smith stayed at his apartment. I figured that was a stunt. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I don't think Not it is. Not from what you read online. Those guys are genuinely... So, buddies. like, they're, they're as close as, as Sir Pat Stu Somebody, and... Uh, I, almost, <laughs> I just read a week or two ago that one of the reasons Matt went ahead and did the this added this one to his schedule is because because uh, Nathan was there. Really? Yeah. Oh. Nathan, apparently Nathan said, hey, are you doing St. Louis? <laughs> and he said, I'm not on that one. And he said, well, you should come. And so Matt did. <laughs> That's what I read. I don't I don't know how true that is. I believe it. I believe it, yeah, based so, on the, the history of their just, just, I just know Nathan Fillion. Okay, yeah. so Chrissy. That means Nathan Fillion just signed on to do Fan X yes. in Salt Lake you City. Might be Matt might be coming. You heard it here first. <laughs> I get the Maybe. impression that those well, guys probably will hang too. out after after. Oh, I believe it. The cons over and probably they have a grand time. Well, so. Rory went and hooked up with Karen when they were in L.A. I so oh, yeah. that's what Matt's Matt's wherever I think Nathan it, it, is. Matt I say hooked up. I don't mean hooked up. I mean you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're married. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of sad. it's kind of too bad that now one of our many new listeners, it's also new to Doctor Who, has probably just heard that and went, "They're married in real life." One of no, our many, they're not. One of our many new listeners, because yeah, that happened. Hey, we get them every time we go to a con, and then we run them off with a really bad con Tangents. show. That, uh, uh, but he he was so very kind, and afterwards, Sarah was like, "He was fantastic." <laughs> She she she's always worried about when she meets a celebrity that <laughs> it's going to be Eric Roberts. It's going to be Eric Roberts. It's going to be <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. It's going to break that wall and ruin them. And Nathan didn't, so she was very very pleased with that. Thank you. <laughs> I only heard you, you, you only heard her. No. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but. <laughs> and so then we were able to walk the floor a little bit more after Nathan and just enjoy the money. Worth the money. Totally just, worth the you're, money. You're convinced now. I, I'm, I'm so glad I got it. Did you tell him hi from me? Yeah, of course. Okay. I said, all of our friends in Topeka say no, hi. No, that's not. No. <laughs> no, I said Glenn, too. Count. I said Glenn, too. Did you say me individually? I said Glenn. You said Glenn, Glenn said, said hi. hi. All right. Because you asked me to. Um, okay. All right. Yes, I said you, too. My friends Glenn and Sean. Co-hosts. Oh, okay. Said hi. I'm a bigger man crush than he is. <laughs> better said hi for me. <laughs> oh, so... I, I <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you get. <laughs> I gotta redo the. I'm not redoing that wall. Actually, so. <laughs> Glenn's ripping photos off the wall and an attempt to be an illustration. And uh, well, that didn't work out so well for him. Uh, and so then we went to dinner and went back to the hotel and crashed because line Long waiting day. is so. I forgot how exhausting it is waiting in lines. I mean, playing a comic con, I didn't do any autographs. So it's you didn't been, this year, did you? I didn't. So it's been two years. I guess a year. Yeah. Because Planet Comic Con was a year. The last one was a year ago this weekend. Right, because it was in April. I, yeah, because it was the same. Know, it, was, it was the same weekend as St. Louis. Because oh, was it? it was also a friend of ours' wedding anniversary. This I year. thought it was still in March last year. No, it was April. I think it was two years ago then, because it used to be in April, but not. Oh, well, I, I got autographs last year. Sorry. I got autographs last year in April at Planet Comic Con. No. 
I didn't. No, you didn't. I did. No, you yes, didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. That's it was March. March. I got. It was March. No, no, it was April. It was my birthday weekend. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was after. It was the weekend after my Sarah birthday. Had to leave to go be in a wedding. Right. Their anniversary was this weekend. Last year was April. Two years ago it was two years ago. Last year was it two years? Last last year I got Peter Mayhew. Uh, Nicholas well, I know Brendan. Who you got, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't it was in April. It was in April. I guarantee. No, last year was April. Anyway, so it's been a year since I've <laughs> had to stand in line for autographs, and I forget how exhausting it is. Uh, it was two years ago that was on your birthday weekend because we were we well, you guys all went to uh, BD one BDs, yeah, BDs yeah. and then and well, that was hungry. Games. I had to I had to and bail. Games, right. I had to bail out because that was also it was you guys, you and Sarah did it because it was kind of in between the two of you, right. Yeah. This year, that was your two years ago. birthdays were more on the This weekends. year was, yeah, April. Okay. Or la- this last year was April. Um, so Sunday, we get up, get some coffee, you know, kind of just relax. It, did, it opened later on Sunday on 11. So uh, we did all the hotel stuff. Um, as soon as we got there, I got in line for Karen. So we got there. Well, we ended up walking the doors about 11. So we waited in line for Karen for about an hour and fifteen, maybe an hour and a half, just because we wanted. Be, and we were the first of the, or among the first of the standard autograph getters. We so the VIP were all in front of us, and so we were pretty close to the front. It's weird when, when when you're when you're at that point when like okay, I'm in line for so and so, but I'm not waiting in that line. I'm waiting for so and so to show up. <laughs> because I'm number three in line, doesn't that just seem to make it that that's okay? Because you're not really waiting in a line. You're well, waiting for was, them. It was still <laughs> so, waiting in a line, but it wasn't as bad. Yeah, it's not as bad as, oh, God, this line is so well, long. They get it, so-and-so. It helps that it was first thing in the morning, too. So it wasn't. we were already on our feet for a while. After, yeah. Like Matt Smith and Nathan Fillion's, where we had already been waiting in Allen and Summer's lines that we were exhausted. So this was first thing, and we kind of switched off so we could go to the bathroom. So that kind of helped. Pass the time a little bit more. Uh, and so then we went and got Karen's autograph. She, however, was not, I did not find as thin as everyone else. Maybe just because I'm more familiar with her recent work. But she, I'm going to advise you to be very careful how you phrase the rest of that sentence. <laughs> she looks like, she looks like uh, how she did at the end of Series 7. Okay. And, and <laughs> what I've seen of like... Uh, her at other cons, I guess. I, I'm, I'm more in tune to what she's been doing. She looked like Karen. Else. She looked like Karen. Okay. That's the thing. <laughs> with, with extremely short hair. Well, and it looked really good on her. I like it. <laughs> it looks, I saw I pictures. I don't I like, like the. It. I normally don't like the pixie look, but it looks good I for her. It looks it really her. good on yeah. her. Like and Matt's hair is growing back pretty good too, and looks pretty good too. Yeah. Karen, keep the pixie look. It looks good on you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she quite likes it. I think she didn't like it, but I like it a lot. Alan looks. Basically, exactly like he did when he was on Firefly and Serenity. Doesn't look. Age he doesn't age. He looks and and Nathan looks just like he does on Castle. So it's not like those weren't big. Wow, they look very different. Karen didn't either, except for short hair. Hmm. Uh, she was really nice. Uh, so waiting in line, got through that. She <laughs> Wizard World also does a thing where when you're in line, you get your picture. And then they write on a post-it note for your name, so they can personalize it. They didn't do that for, like, Matt and Nathan. And they did that for VIPs for Karen. But then she was still asking everyone, "Do you just an autograph or you want it personalized? Everyone else. 
she was asking. That's cool. So that was really cool. Unfortunately, I didn't get it personalized because, as you all heard, I got the bumper instead. I, I, I didn't want to be like, yes, personalize it and give me a bumper and do this and this. I just wanted to make it simple. She was really nice, very sweet. She seemed like she was totally taken aback at the reaction she was getting from people. That she was that this this the, the fanness of everything Matt a little bit too but more Karen that she was just kind of like wow you guys are showing up to see me and get my autograph it's she seems more like a quote unquote normal person from anyone else I saw at the con maybe Alan as much but those those two were the ones that were like the most down to earth and very gracious and kind so. After that, we kind of walked the floor a little bit and decided we didn't get in Matt's panel. We really won in Karen's and the Firefly one, which is directly afterwards. So we went and kind of scoped it out and found out they weren't clearing the upper levels. They were going to clear the bottom floor because that because was of the VIP. all VIP for Firefly. So we got up and got in the third floor happened to be during a Who fan panel. And there's a, a Facebook group uh, that you can like, uh, St. Louis, or S-T-L-C-I-A. So it's St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, if, if you don't get it, Glenn, I'll make sure I link it. Um, and they, I, I ran off a little bit to get a soda and a coffee, but they, they were... It, Really well done fan panel. And I think they had done a couple other ones before, but they took questions, you know, and they were very good. They were very classic heavy. They they really lend Well, what's that name? Yeah, they, they really <laughs> lent... None of them said... Well, a couple of them said, every doctor is my doctor, but nobody specifically said a new series doctor as their favorite. So that was it, it. Was a nice little panel and good chance to sit. Then we went did, and Karen's was next, so we got to sit in on Karen's. And you guys probably saw some of my videos that I posted. Uh, really great panel, not as who heavy as you would think. There were a lot of questions about Oculus, which just comes out next on Friday. Uh, her new horror movie, and a lot of quite a few Guardians of the Galaxy questions, kind of how she got the job, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I did kind of tear up in one part of the Q&A when she was talking about it was she talked about her final her final scene of shooting and it wasn't the actual last scene it was them getting into the TARDIS at the end of Power 3 and right on the heels of that she was asked a question about being there for time at the doctor which <laughs> It was funny, but it started making me tear up, too, because she was like, everyone was crying. I think Moffat just wrote me in there just to be emotional support for Matt. <laughs> That's the only reason why I was there. And it, so it was it was a really nice little anecdote that she had about that um, and how it was kind of surreal for her and how she had was was very adamant after she left, that she wasn't going to come back for any more cameos. And then, look, she came back for a cameo. Um, and there was something else she said, but it just escaped me. She did a really great panel and seemed very, uh, like she was just having fun, which was great to see. And then the big panel of the, the con, really, 
was the Firefly panel. Unfortunately, Summer had to catch an early flight, so she wasn't mm. good to be there. But the late edition of Adam Baldwin, Nathan Fillion, and Alan Tudyuk were all on the panel. Such a good panel. Cool. <laughs> if you've seen any panel of even just Nathan and Alan together, I know uh, Zach Levi for Nerd HQ in San Diego has had him on a couple of times. Really enjoyable pan- uh, panels. Definitely go check them out on YouTube. Highly, highly recommend it. I'm so glad we got in for it and got to see it in person. The pictures don't quite do justice, of course, of how close we actually were to seeing them. And then they had the big screen so you could see everything. Uh, a lot of great questions. Alan completely stole the show for the most part. A lot of questions ended up directing towards him. He just kind of took off with things. Um, somebody asked, uh, since Adam was on Castle, when were we going to get Alan? You remember the Jonathan Frakes directed Comic Con mm-hmm. episode? He was supposed to be the captain. That, oh, really? Yeah, but it fell through. Uh, so they're working on getting him on the show. A lot of great anecdotes. Uh, somebody asked them about how William Shatner's here and it's 48 years since his show was on the air or started. Uh, do you hope to be like that? And Nathan gave a nice. I in 48 years, I hope I'm here on uh, on stage with these two fine gents. Uh, you can tell that. <laughs> and then Al, uh, Adam made a joke of, "Let me do the math. I think I'll be dead because <laughs> he's older than the other two. He's in his 50s now. Yeah. Right? He just yeah. turned 50. Yeah, he's like, 50 I'll be 100. I don't think I'll be alive. And he, but he did it in the Jane voice. So that, <laughs> they, there, there were several instances where uh, Adam Baldwin's 50. Yeah. Yeah. Good boy. <laughs> You can tell. We've too. probably talked about that before, but I. Uh, he he he. His hair. He got a haircut, but since the last time we saw him, uh, and you can tell he wore a ball cap the whole time. But you could tell over the temples, very gray. Get out of here! Yeah. No idea he was in his fifties. Yeah, he's in his fifties. Oh. He looks pretty good for fifty. He does. Yeah, he he looks, looks really great. good for fifty. <laughs> he's another one of those that I have a hard time going. Wow, really? But yeah. Apparently, at one point, <laughs> he took a picture of himself and sent it to Nathan, wearing his blue shun- sun shirts. His Jane hats and his uh, a big gun, <laughs> and this was years after. So they're all such good friends. It's like it would be like us getting somewhat celebrity status, higher celebrity <laughs> status, and doing a panel and just ribbing on each other and having a good time. Uh, That's cool. Somebody asked Alan to do the famous line from Night's Tale. Uh, the joust line, so we did that. Uh, at the very end, he they pretty much ended it with somebody asked Alan to say no like he does in Death at a Funeral, so we did that, and then they're like, oh, great, we got time for one more. <laughs> and so they, they didn't want to end it, it looked like. They had so much fun. It was such a wonderful panel and such a great thing to end on because then we got in the car and drove back home. <laughs> it was It was a great way to end it. The, overall, the entire weekend was exhausting, a lot of fun, sometimes frustrating, but totally <laughs> worth it. I'm And I think I'm conned out for the rest of the year. <laughs> Even Crypticon in August is kind of like, uh, right now, no. <laughs> because I'm just too exhausted. So that was my weekend. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing, because... Sounds like a great time and a lot of fun stories. And you had reached out to me about doing uh, side trips. Uh, 
kind of a galliot situation where if I wanted Wi-Fi in my room, I needed to pay nine ninety five. Well, my thought is, if you called the Google Talk line, that just been a phone call. But. Yeah, I could have, but <gasps> and then I was exhausted. Why have we never thought of that? <laughs> you did that from Hawaii, you goofball. But and I didn't think about to- it at a con when I could have really used it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were so tired that I was like, uh, it was mostly waiting in line anyways. I can just recap it at the yeah, show and fine. call that's it fine. good. That's fine. So somebody else take over. I've been talking too long. My voice is getting worse. What's the news? Let's go ahead and get on to the news. Unfortunately, you've got all the news. Oh. <laughs> You're the news guy, even though we put you Even though I was week, off the radar and didn't know anything. Uh, okay, I didn't Sean, bring anything up. Water. I didn't bring anything up. Hang on. <laughs> I can get the... Uh, uh, M- Mickey well, Rooney died. We'll start yeah, with uh, that, some, that, some sad news. There's Glenn there's Jones... Your, there's your 10 o'clock news. ...passed away at the age of 82. Uh, he was a select group who not only wrote for Doctor Who, but also appeared in it. Uh, he wrote the episode The Space Museum, and then he also appeared in the Santarn Experiment as Kranz, one of a group of Galset colonists stranded on Earth in the, night, in, in the story. So, unfortunately, we um, lost him. There was, his autobiography was published in 2008, so if you want to go pick that up, it's called No Official Umbrella. Yep. And he died, thank you, he died peacefully at home. And then we only on had Wednesday. one other bit of news, which I'm sure we'll have forgotten something. But um, <laughs> uh, Tom Riley is starring in the uh, Mark Gannis written episode for Series 8, uh, which we don't know too much about it, but uh, it's the third episode of the new series. Um, and he's recently played Leonardo da Vinci in Da Vinci's Demons, which is an American historical fantasy drama series, and presents a fictional account of Leonardo's early life. So, uh, from what I've seen, did of he it, hunt kind of, vampires? I don't believe. So. From what I've seen, it's kind of like a steampunky paranormal investigation show, actually. Ooh. So I, I, I've heard good things about it, but I've not watched it. You've piqued my interest, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then joining Riley in that episode uh, will be actor Trevor Cooper. And he last appeared in Doctor Who in 1985, playing uh, Tacus in the sixth Doctor story, Revelation of the Daleks. And then there were a couple of other stars uh, that will be in that as well. Ian Holland, and he was uh, Richard Martin in, the, uh, in An Adventure in Space and Time. David Benson, who played Noel Coward in the 1998 comedy Goodnight Sweetheart. Uh, Sabrina Bartlett, the only one in that jumped out because she has my last name. <laughs> she played Hannah in Channel 5 Suspects. Um, and then Roger Ashton Griffiths, who's known for... Who is actually kind of... He's in uh, Terry Gilliam's The Brothers Grimm and Martin Scorsese's Gans- Gangs of New York. So some people might be familiar with him. So. Anyway, and then Mark oh. Gettis obviously confirmed that he had been commissioned to write not just this one, but another episode. So nice too. So he will be writing two episodes. Oh, I think I kind of sort of recognize that yeah. guy. And uh, he's no Toby Jones. No, he's no Toby Jones. He kind of looks like Toby Jones. He's kind of like does. an older version of Toby Jones. Um, and then uh, one of his episodes is directed by Paul Murphy, Murphy, Murphy who also uh, has directed uh, Wizards vs. Aliens. Trolley, Casualty, Waterloo Road, and uh, Grange Hill. And it looks like his second episode will feature another veteran Doctor Who actor, Jimmy V, who was the Grask, and in Voyage of the Dam. <laughs> Not even going to try. <laughs> Jimmy V, Jimmy V, Jimmy V. So, Battle good stuff there. 
Good stuff there. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on to feedback. You want us to take over this here, too? So nope. Has, any, has anybody commented? Did, did Russell T. just really put words like that together in an attempt to trip up David Tennant? Oh, <laughs> that could be. Do, do, you, do you think he really just, I'm going to write this. Give the, Okay, here you go. And so they get the script, and Tennant would come up and go, really? <laughs> How you pronounce this? Uh, it wouldn't have been it, just Tennant, because started, he wrote Racks of... Racks of Yeah, Cal- Cal- Cor- Cal- yeah that one. <laughs> I think that's and partially that why they brought him back. Yeah. That would have been Chris Eccleston yeah. that first one. So I think he, I think, <laughs> I think Russell T. Davies liked the alienness of the difficult words, and I think that's why he did that. All right, first Clom. up, <laughs> first up is best planet name ever, Clom. Daryl, hey Daryl, I was in your neck of the woods. You were Daryl's neck I, of the woods. I, I, if you were at Planet or at uh, St. Uh, Louis Comic Con, I'm sorry I missed you. He writes. Comment question. Hello, Vortexians. Just a quick note to say how much I look forward to your podcast each week. Keep up the random thoughts about what you did in the past weekend, movie reviews, games that you were loving, and, of course, all things who. Thank you, Daryl. I wanted to say thanks for posting my picks from the Doctor Who conventions that I attended in the 80s. That was something the fan panel talked about was kind of the previous times that they had the panels or cons in St. Louis with previous guests and kind of cool. did a, a list and impressive list. Anyway, sorry. Uh, it was a great time. I once went to the Henry the Eighth Hotel for a weekend convention with some friends while in my teens, and we didn't have a room. I spent the nights that weekend crashing in the ballrooms watching 60s Doctor Who all night. Of course, I fell asleep, but it was magical being in a dark room at 2 in the morning, drifting off to Who along with dozens of other fans, sprawled out in the room, feigning off sleep. Most didn't stay awake, but generally became a snore fest. <laughs> it was also reminiscent of the late Saturdays, or late night Sundays, watching six-part Doctor Who episodes on PBS that ran from 10.30 until well into 1 to 2 in the morning. School sucked on Mondays, barring the discussions about episodes with my friends. Good times. And that's why we don't do it anymore. <laughs> In our youth, it was okay. We're all a little older and a little wiser now, so Friday Night Who, we break those up. Yep. Uh, anyway, just a few thoughts. You all keep pronouncing Nissa as Nisa, but it is really Nissa. Sorry, nitpicky, but it makes me cringe. Have we said well, Nisa? We well, we, will, we will stop saying Nisa and continue to say Nisa. I'm sorry if we've said <laughs> Have Nisa. I ever said Nisa? I think I'm the. I think that I'm must be you. Yeah, I think I see Nisa a lot. So I just think Nissa. It's I don't, Nissa. I don't think Nisa. It's why. It's like Swiffy. I'm sure it's me. So <laughs> it's got to be Gwen. I will. I will try you to. You should not be say ashamed Nisa. of yourself, sir. I will call her the right name, which is Nisa. Capaldi. <laughs> Kumri. Kumri. Now Capaldi, I say right. So. <laughs> Did I tell you guys that I pretty much had that? All but confirmed at Galley that, that several of the actors that were on stage repeatedly said Capaldi, not Capaldi. Matt, they, Matt said Capaldi. They all said Capaldi. Me? No, but I know, I know that we, when, when we first started talking about this guy, we, all, Capaldi we all thought it. it was Capaldi. Well, and then I read it in an article that the Perconnect. Uh, no, it was uh, uh, who does the late show now? Uh, Greg 
Colin Ferguson? <laughs> Colin Ferguson. No, Colin. Uh, Greg Ferguson. Greg Ferguson. Um, yeah. Craig. Craig Ferguson. Craig. Craig. Uh, Craig Ferguson. I didn't remember it was on his show or it was in an interview. He said, oh, by the way, it's not Capaldi, as all the Americans keep saying. It's Capaldi. Okay. So that's where I got it from. So, And he's good friends with Capaldi. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I just remember initially when he was first announced, we we kind of instinctively went with Capaldi, but then we thought we had heard somewhere the official pronunciation was Capaldi, and we thought, really? That just doesn't sound right. But, yeah, so good to have that clarification. I don't remember. <laughs> Almost spilled my drink. Actually, there's no drink to spill, it's all nice. Uh, two, you talked about the new Doctor Who magazine Cyberman special that just came out. Just an FYI to the Who fans. You don't have to wait for Barnes & Noble to get it a month later. A great online store, Who and A, in Indianapolis, gets Who merchandise days after they are released in the UK. That's short for Who North America. They always have the DWM magazines and specials around That's four short days. That's for Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> monthly. <coughs> you all right? Sorry. <coughs> Do you need the Heimlich? Yes. <clears throat> they have cool stuff on here. I've never been to North North America. Look at this website. They got Stargate and Torchwood. It it only opens its doors like once a week or once a month. You can order online all the time. Yeah, you can order online all the time, but you can actually go to physical physical store. store. Uh, Oh, I want that job. Rachel's going there. (laughs) I totally want that job. I'm sure you still have to work. Yeah, but I mean, I could work in my pajamas online. Today's the day I actually have to put on a tie. Okay. I could do that. A bow tie. <laughs> Come on, if you're going to work at Who North America? <laughs> a thousand points. <laughs> a thousand points. <laughs> and special show notes? Mm-hmm. Can we put that in the show notes? That's already in the show notes. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. You're ahead of schedule. I am. Good I read Daryl's email. Or, yeah, but will yeah. you actually remember to put the show notes that you wrote down on the show when you post I don't the know, show? It was one week that I forgot to even go to the show notes. <laughs> That was the last time I did that. <laughs> he says the Cyberman special was released a couple Thursdays ago in the UK, and I ordered it the following Monday and received it that Thursday. Amazing. I just I don't know how they do it, but they, I have been getting CDs, videos, books, and magazines from them for a few years now. Good people. Never had any issues, just FYI. Thank you, Daryl. That's awesome news. I'm excited. Uh, three, I have been playing leg- oh, playing along with Legacy. Uh, the free iPhone game, 2048, Doctor Who edition. I didn't know that was an iPhone game. I thought it was just browser-based. I think it's browser-based. It is browser-based. Oh, okay. He says, well, he says iPhone game. Maybe you can download it on the iPhone. I didn't realize that. I've been playing it off the browser. It is addictive. I encourage every fan to check it out. In a nutshell, you play on a 4x4 grid, and to and you begin with a portrait of Hartnell in a box, along with a Troughton. You swipe up, down, left, or right, and all the portraits move all the way to that direction. You must combine two Hartnells to get a Trouton, two Troutons to get a Pertwee, and so on until you get to the 11th Smith. Aww, it's not on my iPad. It I, should, I can't get it on my phone either. It should take 20, 48 matches to get to the end. I did not realize that. I gave up too early. I think I got up to nine. It was as high as I got. I have gotten... To where I had one Uckleson, and that's it. You tend to run out of room as it's clogged with previous Doctors. It's a clone of many other 2048 games, but for Who fans, it works well. We all know which Doctor comes after which Doctor, so it helps. Try it out. Four. Sorry to hear about all the Who people passing lately. Derek Martinez, Karen, Kato, Kato Mara, Glenn Jones. So sad. 
great people that made great contributions to a little show that we all that we loved. They will be missed. On that sad note, I must go. Take care and keep up the good work. Make sure to bu- buckle your seatbelts when traveling the vortex. <laughs> Daryl. Thank you, Daryl. Sure appreciate it. All right, and next up is Holly. That's you, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, I started playing Doctor Who 2048. <laughs> Holly. <clears throat> Holly Mack. Uh, Holly Mack writes, War Machines and Time Works. Hey guys, War Machines. The opening sequences with the old school digital readout were probably very cutting edge at the time, and they look fantastic. Nice to see the story that Polly and Ben got introduced in. I have to say, I like how they were introduced, and I did a double take when Dodo stepped out on screen. For some reason, at first I thought she was Susan. I don't know if it was just Dodo's hairstyle or the outfit that she was wearing that threw me. I really didn't read the back of the DVD case when I put the DVD in the player. I just popped a disc in and didn't want to risk any spoilers if there were any on the back. Votan is quite the supercomputer. <clears throat> it makes me wonder if he's not a close relation to Hal or Skynet. I really enjoyed the banter between Polly and Ben, and that when push came to shove, they worked quite well together, and the Doctor really didn't seem to mind much getting extra help in the situation. Not to mention two new traveling companions at the end of the story. Time works. Not too bad of an audio dealing with the concept of time. I do admit I do have to go back to a couple of parts for a re-listen, but I still enjoyed the ride. I'll wrap it up here, looking to hear it... Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. We'll get to our reviews and hear them in just a moment, but uh, our last bit of feedback comes from... Chrissy. Chrissy writes, It's 5 o'clock everywhere. Dear Vortex Boys, It's a short one from me. Life continues to be very busy for me. But I have to say one thing. If War Machine by ACDC isn't integrated into the podcast (laughs) in some way this week, I will be... Not surprised, but a little disappointed. Smiley face. Here are my reviews. The War Machines. I love the War Machines. Ben and Polly. Votan. The Swinging 60s. The only thing I don't like about this story is that Dodo doesn't get much of a goodbye scene, and I would venture to guess that her unceremonious departure from Doctor Who is why Jackie Lane doesn't do anything in the way of big finish or conventions, but but that's neither here nor there. This story has some fantastic writing and acting. The first couple of episodes move along quite nicely. The third episode is a little slow, but that's typical for a part three in Doctor Who. William Hartnell gives a solid performance, even though he must have been in very ill health at this point. There is very little negative that I can say about this story. I always enjoy watching it, and given the fact that the stories around it are mostly missing, we're lucky to have it. Time work works. Some rather creative storytelling here as well. We have cliffhangers that aren't immediately resolved, but those resolutions are woven throughout the story, and that's a fun way to experiment with the format, and I'm glad that Big Finish saw fit to do something like that. Granted, it makes the story a little tricky to follow, but it kind of reminds me of the way Brandon Sanderson writes a novel. I recently finished his novel, The Way of Kings, which is a very complex story, but still very satisfying, and Tom works, Time Works is similar to that, just in different ways. I love the little interludes from Vanette, which only makes me curious as to see the, how the rest of the story is going to play out. Also, I kept imagining the clockwork droids from the, from the Girl in the Fireplace when they talked about the clockwork men. I doubt that's what they were supposed to be, but that's what I kept thinking of. All in all, this was another enjoyable story this week. 
that's all I've got for now. Uh, now I'm off to track down my copy of Image of the Fendal for next Friday Night Who. Chrissy. Thank, Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy. Well, right. shall we begin our reviews? Let's begin our reviews of these two stories. I have no idea how this game works. <laughs> combine doctors. Just keep, keep combining doctors. I'm the, combining this, doctors? This doctor's yeah. going to become... Your, yeah, your, your, just, your you swipe there, over. Well, you swipe over. The doctor's always going to end in se- come up in sequence. Sorry, listeners, we're showing Sean how to play 2048. So... This guy will become the third doctor once you swipe him. Any of the any of the second doctors will become third doctors. So you want to try to do them in succession near each other. If you can't get ones near each other, well, you will there. See that one became six, but you can always. They don't have to be near. They just have to be in the same line. If for some reason you end up without doctors in, together that you can swipe together, you can go ahead and swipe over to try to bring in another doctor, line those doctors up, and just continue working that way. It takes a couple of games to really kind of get used to what you're doing, but it's eh, it, okay. it becomes very addictive. All right, sorry. <laughs> 2048, <laughs> Doctor Who edition. Good review. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> the TARDIS arrives in London, 1966, where the Doctor and Dodo re- uh, visit the recently opened post office tower. At its top, they discover a brilliant new pro- uh, problem-solving supercomputer, the Will-Operating Thought Analog. But when Wotan... <laughs> Whoa, it's actually called the Will-Operating Thought Analog? Uh-huh. Did they say that in the episode? I think yeah. they did, yeah. Did they? Yeah, I think so. The Will... Doesn't that, doesn't, isn't that kind Wotan. of a big tip-off there? Will-Operating Thought... I mean, this is like well, saying... The whole idea in the beginning, when they were explaining it, was that it can think for itself. Yeah, but it, will, it sounds like mind control. Well, no, the the idea was that if you had a question for it, right. it could answer but, but read the acronym again. Will Operating Thought Analog. It's mind control. Basically, that means self-aware. Is what uh, it means. Uh, mind control. Yeah. But when Wotan decides that it should rule the world, the Doctor is the only person who can stop it from rampaging war machines... Stop its rampaging war machines from destroying London. Luckily, he has the help of a, snoo- a young secretary named Polly and a sailor called Ben. Dun, dun, dun. I liked it. I thought it was quite enjoyable, Glenn's too. smiling at me like, yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> what? It doesn't... It, it doesn't feel like a Hartnell story. No. It feels... It, it very much feels like that transition to the Troughton era. Uh, not just the introduction of Ben and Polly. Just, we're not on so many of. If there are more of his era that's set on modern day Earth, it's missing. I haven't seen it. So that makes it feel like it, just the ideas in it, which is based off an idea by Kit Pedler. Um, this one actually got Kit Pedler his job. He got yeah. a, well. He got a credit too for a story. Idea. Yeah, in the credits, which was. Pretty impressive. Uh, the idea of the war machines and the uh, Wotan seem very much like a second Doctor and later era. That this is where you can kind of see it transitioning to the show we know and love it that it is now. Well, it was at this point that, that the new producers were really getting their you know feet wet. That would getting, make that would make and, a lot and, of sense. And steering, I was, steering Doctor Who in a different direction. So. And I, I, I thought the first Doctor did a good job in all of it. Um, uh, it. It just goes to show that the Doctor's pretty much the same throughout. The, he reacts differently, but when you break it down, he's going to pretty much do the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that you 
he didn't need the physicality to do it. He was able to outsmart them, which was a nice, very first Doctor thing to do, is outthink the situation, I thought. Uh, ben and Polly, I thought, got a nice introduction. Uh, I've always, for some reason, thought they knew each other beforehand. I don't know why, but... I kind of got that vibe, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that obviously they formed such a great friendship that now seeing it, it's almost... Uh, I always kind of, while watching the ones I've seen of them, not many, obviously, kind of maybe sort of could have relationship, but now I see it strictly as a brother-sister relationship. Only that and only that. Um, and uh, Dodo was good, but unfortunately she was uh, underutilized and just disappears. I did not like how she... The, the end for that. I, I did not like that at all. Apparently, uh, according to my <clears throat> extensive research, uh, her contract actually ended in uh, the middle of the episode. And so... Story. Or the, the middle of the story. So she, she did the first two parts and then her contract was over. And the producers just decided, your contract's over. So that's how they wrote her out to, to not have I personally would have thought a much more satisfying thing was, let's go ahead and, and can't you hire her for another episode yeah. or two and at least not give her a, a proper farewell. Freelancer. Yeah. yeah, but who knows how that works. I don't know how it works. but they yeah. were, they, There was different operating rules back in those days, especially at the BBC. But, but that's I, the reason that she just disappears. It's, uh, it's, it's not anything... At least to my knowledge, for nefarious or you know that that she wanted off the show or they didn't want her back, they just her contract ended. Yeah. So, now I, did, I don't know why she wouldn't do anything to this day. Maybe she considers it to be beneath her or something. I don't know. I, uh, that would be an interesting. That's just that would be if, if somebody wants to find Chrissy out. Was, I think Chris, uh, Chrissy was just postulating the idea that it might have been her and unceremonious. I, unfortunately, departure. we don't get a lot of exploration in the bonus features. Um, did you yeah. guys watch any of them? Um, I watched the Wotan assembly was really interesting of how they ended up piecing it back together. Oh, I did. The, and yeah, when they found it, I noticed yeah. it I while watch watching that. it how clear some of those shots were. They, were, I almost thought they reshot it or something. Oh, no, I didn't watch it because it looked so good. Those were, and those ended up being the Blue Peter clips that they, that were saved. That I'm not used to that quality of video when we're watching a black and white episode or even some of the older. Color episodes. I don't know. Anything that they've sent through Vidfire has always looked really good. I, don't, I, I just noticed it more than anything else. Maybe just because it was com- isolated parts of the story Maybe episodes so. instead of a full episode. Maybe so. And then it was just kind of a comparison of uh, what it looks like now compared or when it came out to what it looked like then. So it was kind of eh, bonus features, but. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of bonus features. Yeah. Bonus I, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, I was even okay with. Dodo kind of being hypnotized, and I'm not usually not a big fan of that trope in the show, but for some reason this one didn't well, bother me. This one, I think it's because, because I don't know central, much of Dodo. Well, but it's also central to the yeah, it's very the plot, and it and it each time it, uh, the computer uh, is encountered by someone else, it takes them over. That's the idea. Is yeah. essentially mind control to control, and so. It works. It's it's right in line with the it, fact it, that, it, that, yeah. that it happens. So, uh, and she didn't. While she was obviously under the control, she didn't completely act out of character no, either, no. which was kind of a nice, uh, well, like, well written uh, thing. A bit like Hawkeye in uh, um, the Avengers. Yeah, he's a little under bit. Mind control. He's still he's still the Hawkeye character. He's, he's still just, himself. He's just 
doing things that Loki wants. Right, and it's kind of that thing, too. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know it shouldn't bother me because of when this was done. They're referring to the Doctor as Doctor Who <laughs> in the episode. I know. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up until Sean got back oh. because I, I, I don't know if he's heard that as well. I was going to talk a little bit about that. Um, let me... That, that was going to be my last thought on the story. Okay. So. Well, I'll go into mine a little bit. This one, for me, suffers from... I don't... I like this story. I think the story is just fine. I'm not wowed by it in any way, or I never have been. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ben and Polly, but I like the introduction here. I think it, it, it's done well. Now... I like them better in this than other ones I've seen. Yeah, you have to understand this is one that I saw a few times, but a long time ago. Mm. So this is one of these ones that when I popped it in and started watching it on Friday, it was a, I don't remember a lot of this, but then as I watched it, it just the recall flooded back in. And I went, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, I remember this, I remember this. So it was one of those ones that when I watched it this time, it was like a lot of times I, I watch these with new eyes. And I think, because uh, I haven't seen some of the episodes, and I'm like, wow, and I'm intrigued, and I can either make a decision right there whether I love or hate them, the, the, or not love or hate, I don't hate any of them, but love or dislike the, the story. And this is one of those ones that I had seen a few times, and still I, I really have no strong impression, impression one way or the other. Um, it's, it's, it's a fine story. What blows me away on this one is, is William Hartnell. I think he's, this is one of the strongest acting roles that he's ever had. And he doesn't have to do a lot, which I yeah. think is very cool. The other thing that I find interesting is, and I didn't think of this until Chrissy brought it up, that he must have been very uh, of ill health now. He probably was. But this happens with me when I watch classic Doctor Who and I watch Hartnell's error, is very rarely do I notice Hartnell um, flubbing a line or forgetting something. I rarely ever notice it until it's called to my attention by someone else or some other piece of media. And then I go back and I go, yeah, well, that wasn't, that should have been obvious to me, but it wasn't. So if he was ill of health in this one and he did flub a line, I never, never saw it. I never, I never saw any time that he had a moment of weakness. I never saw a moment where I felt like, oh, that that was an, an uncomfortable way to say that, or oh, I, you obviously flubbed your line. I never See, what's that. interesting is that, yeah, I, I never, other than the 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 uh, Ian and Barbara ones where he's almost purposely well, getting out like Chatterton, purpose, you know, doing yeah. doing it on purpose. It, uh, at that point, it's almost like okay. <laughs> I mean, you can retcon it in so many different ways. That, yeah, it does. It's just, you know, he can't be bothered with <laughs> learning your name. I mean, come on, he's busy. <laughs> so I can see that. Um, but it's, it's a fine episode. And uh, I, the, the, ro- the robots are fine for, what was this, 1964, 5? The robots are a very poor man's Dalek. They they yeah. they really are. I mean, they're they're big, they're clunky, they're tanks, and they're meant to be scary. But they've got the appendages that shoot out. And, yeah, they're uh, fine for that you know, era. For, but they, for for a gaseous weapon, that was kind of a cool way around that. Instead of needing to the one with the sledgehammer, though that uh, <laughs> I almost couldn't tell if the sledgehammer was meant to be a sledgehammer or yeah, if it was maybe it was, a counterbalance was, for something else inside it, of now, it. they made the point of having it smash things. Uh, it smashed the, the transistor and whatnot. Uh, but, poorly done too. Or poorly done, um, but it just it reminded me of that show I used to watch, Battle Bots, where they would put them in the arena and they'd use the remote controls to fight each other. Which then I think it was uh, was it Dan or somebody remind or asked me if if I, oh no it was uh, uh, oh I'm going to forget his name. We met him in Galley last year, or I met him in Galley last year. He's done some effect stuff on oh um, uh, 
Oh yeah. God, you asked, yeah, and it just sorry. flew right out of my head. Anyway, um, he had asked if it was uh, if that was Robot Wars, and I said, well, that, actually, that was a spinoff of Robot Wars. That's where that came from. So, but anyway, that's what that reminded me of. Um, the Doctor Who, Jim, 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 Jim Manover. Thank you, uh, Doctor Who being stated in this one has always been a contingency for a lot of fans and then and Chrissy Twitch, pointed out that Twitch, yeah the Twitch. Twitch. and I can't remember if this was a springboard off of Moffat's statement about Doctor Who and trying to get it into the uh, canon back at the end of last year or maybe the beginning of this year Stephen Moffat had explained that he wanted to use posters from the movies Doctor Who to canonize them, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, they remember were supposed they, to be in the, in the 50th anniversary. They were going to be in the... 50th. The Black Archive. They were going to be in the Black Archive. And it was very important. And there, there's a line that he wanted to write that they had to keep the Doctor away from seeing those. That's why they're in the Black Archive. Because if he saw him, he'd get a big head. And the idea is that because the Doctor was well enough known on Earth that somebody had written a story... And made a movie out of it, and obviously that's why there's a difference because it's it's just somebody being creative with the ideas of who the doctor really is. So they made him an Earth science and scientist had a still had a TARDIS, and the names are the same, but situations have changed a little bit in order to make it an Earthbound movie, which I thought was a wonderful idea. Who did, who did, who did Susan idea. and Ian talk to? Yeah, <laughs> who such blabbed? A, such a wonderful idea that they would have done that. Now, somebody else went a step further with this idea that the reason why uh, Votan knows that call, refers to him Doctor Who is because Votan knows everything the answer to everything and Whoa. so at one point the data for the films that existed at this point <laughs> are in the archives so that in his matrix so he would have been familiar with them and just would have referred to Doctor Who based on his knowledge of the Doctor from the films as Doctor Who. And so that's how he knew TARDIS? So that's how he knew TARDIS. That's how he... That's how... That's where the information that somebody so fixes <laughs> everything. He would have called him what the, the, the title of the movie was. Doctor Who and what the character's name in the films was. Official retcon. <laughs> it's quite a retcon to get to. I loved it. I loved it. The, the, loved this this story has just gone to dun dun dun. <laughs> just based on that, it makes the story better for me. <laughs> but that, that's the little I, nugget I, that I was holding on to that I thought was very clever and and, and sort of fixes that. Now it it's sad fix. that the war machines are the weak point of the war machines. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> There's a lot of this that doesn't make sense. Okay, we, we took over the planet, or at least our little corner of it, in like two hours, and then all of a sudden we're building these things, and we're on the assembly room floor, and we're rushing these things into production. It's like, you've had two hours. You already had machine parts made? Okay, I'll let it go. <laughs> so then we assemble it, and it rolls out. Man, let me tell you, if your goal is to crash through a semi-solid wood fence or a poorly constructed wood door or take out a stack of wood crates... This is the model I want to buy for my army because none of this stuff stands a chance against the war machines. But if your goal is to actually be somewhat effective in conquering planet Earth, fail. <laughs> Just this is not a yeah. good design. Yeah, I took out the, the the once again we get that weird sci-fi-ish I'm pulling the trigger and yet nothing is happening to a combustion gun. It's like uh, what do you? I, mean, I also have a hard time taking the the war machine seriously, because 
This looks like an eye. The number looks like a nose, and that looks looks like it's just a big mouth. <laughs> so it looks like a big happy face. <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that until you pointed <laughs> it out. There's another one down below with the, the, the two eyes and the, well, and the tire. A belly button. And a belly button. <laughs> It's, I, I, I see, I'm glad it, that's a belly button <laughs> and not something It's else. too high. That's what this okay. is. I don't know what that is. But. <laughs> well, that's a tread, but okay. <laughs> but I, I just see it the whole time. They're very I, happy machines. I didn't see that at I, all. I know that's why, why the, the, that by the big gap there is so the operator can see out of it. That's, I assume that's, that's that the was entire its, I assume that was its optics. Optic ports was that big, large bar, so that's why I never but, saw the little and dots you, above. You so rarely saw these dots at the base that match the dots above because they always shot them midway up. So it's just <laughs> this nice, happy face. I'm gonna come kill you. I can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. It was about as effective as Candyman. <laughs> well, Candyman was more effective. Attention, Earthling, you will die. Have a nice day. Yeah, see, now that I see this picture on the back, yeah, it's, to- it's totally a smiley face, the I, way it's I, shot. I, until it was called to my attention, I, I Thanks, didn't see Keith. it. Thanks, <laughs> I'm sorry. I this will is, never look at the War Machines the same whole way time watching it. Well, I like that they all had a variance in, in the different styles of well, machines as well. That they were, they, it was probably just numbers, though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, if, no, if, they, if you they, look, they all have a, a really badly designed mallet. Did all of them? Because uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and maybe it's just because it just some kind of, them, of some it look it, it seats it in the it in seats there down in the so thing. You don't see it, yeah. And I, I read that they only built one and just changed the number to make it look like it was ah. a different model. But that makes sense. Well, you only see I'm, one I'm, on I'm screen each time. They cut work. away between yeah, yeah, several between several times. of them. I really enjoyed the final scene where they kind of rope it off. <laughs> that was a very fun scene to watch. It was very Third Doctor. Yeah, watching how how, yeah. how are we gonna? Okay, well we need to do this. Well, I'll do it. <laughs> you weren't gonna. Well, make not it. only is Hartnell good in this, the Doctor is just very. Well, he's very Doctor like. He's I really he's not the he's crotchety in, old man that we're no, used to seeing with. He's Hartnell. smart. He's cunning. He's in control. Yeah. Now I asked on 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 Twitter: Is the Sir Charles? character meant to be the same Sir Charles character that seems to pop. Maybe I'm delusional, but doesn't it seem like there's a lot of third Doctor stories and even fourth Doctor stories whenever we have to deal with somebody in charge of something on Earth in England, we have to go see Sir Charles? I don't remember another Charles at all. Really? So I, I, okay. I, I looked it up either. to see, and then well, he's I, the only Sir Charles that comes up. Okay. So. I, it, just, it just felt like... I wonder if this is the same guy. Maybe my brain is just. No, well, it, until I looked at the credits. This that Sir I Charles that was in charge of be, uh, science yeah. and something else. He wasn't even an, a minister. I thought they were trying to make a royalty connection while oh. watching it. <laughs> that's that's what I instantly well, thought. Of. Just because you're knighted doesn't mean you're part well, of royalty. I, well. Oh, Charles and Camilla. Oh, oh, oh. Well, no. <laughs> that's how I made the connection, and that's why Charles I made would it have been think. very quite young at this point. So. I think Charles is just a very common just name. Just a common name. Especially yeah. in the And UK, there's a lot of knights, so yeah. Sir Charles is just, okay. Um, but maybe, if there hasn't been I, I, I didn't do a super in-depth look, but the only one that I came up with was this Sir Charles, so, for Doctor Who. I know I've heard the name somewhere else before. It's going to bug Charles me. Summer. Charles in Charge. <laughs> Charles Although, in unfortunately, charge. it wasn't Sir Charles in Charge. That would have made a better show. <laughs> Um, I don't know that there's anything else. The Ben and Polly, I think, get a pretty good introduction here. Um, it's almost too bad that, and unfortunately, we don't get to see what did Savages follow this one. That sounds yes. right. And then Tenth Planet, and then, or is there another one in there? I think there was another one. 
Unfortunately, neither exist. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so we don't see Ben and Collie again until uh, the Tenth Planet. The Actually, the was Savages before. was first, then War Machines. Oh, Savages, Smugglers. War Smugglers is Tenth Planet. Okay so, okay, so we only get one other Hartnell time with Ben and Polly. This is the, this and Tenth Planet are the only stories that I've seen with Ben and Polly. Now, I have listened to the audio of Power of the Daleks, so I'm familiar enough with them from there. And then we see them again in... Um, Moonbase. Moonbase. So, those were my only. This is the only complete serial with them. This was my. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is this is so. This is my only. In, but I just I don't care too much about either character that much, and I think this was a good introduction and setup. But they just really feel like a couple of kids coming on board the TARDIS, and it's almost like they tried to give them a little bit more substance in their introduction story. But it's almost like they just don't go anywhere with it. So yeah. I don't know. They're they're fine. Ben, I could take. I, I, Polly, I like Polly. I, I like Polly better. better. Than, yeah. Well, and that's mostly because she's so awesome in the moon base, and Ben is so horrible in the moon base. Yeah, but see, Ben is worthless in Tenth Planet. But I think Polly's equally as worthless in Tenth Planet. Oh, so. Yeah. Although, actually, Ben is a little bit more useful in Tenth Planet. They kind of switch well, just the roles. his muscle, though. Oh, yeah. So, which is know. fine. Ben Ben suffers in Moonbase because of Jamie, Jamie coming in yeah. and, then, and then giving half of his lines away and, and outshining. Darn him. Jamie for being so charismatic <laughs> and so wonderful. Darn hey, Fraser Hines. Fraser, we really liked you. You want to come back and take some of, of Ben's lines? Take some more of Ben's lines. You want to come take Ben's? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I land as mad on the story as Glenn does. Um, I like it better than some of the Hartnell we've watched. Uh, I think I like it better than Reign of Terror. <laughs> That's kind of the low point for me. <laughs> so. That's a better story than Reign of Terror. Well. The, the, honestly, this story. This I think, is one well, that the I thing would, is, though, I would Reign pick. of Terror has a better. Has better characters. Oh well, yeah, that's and true. this but, one has a better doctor so and, I, and a better story. I yeah. think. Um, the story, honestly, I think almost feels kind of like a modern era story. Not just because it's set in well, what would be modern day, a little bit, yeah. but I yeah. mean, it, it just—it's—it's it's very much a story that I could see Eccleston starring in, or David Tennant, or Matt Smith. It has that Which kind is of why it feels so much like a second or third Doctor. Yeah, it, it, it's and I think despite the kind of slowdown, uh, the, the typical slowdown in the third act uh, or the third episode, especially where we get kind of the actual war against the war machines going on. Um, I, I, I think it's fast-paced. I think it moved well. Um, the first two uh, stories are well, and, and Grizzly, as she pointed out, it, the third one is the one that kind of drags a bit. There's a bit of a lull there. But. Um, a couple things, interestingly enough, that I, I uh, we, we tweeted out through our official thing um, on the, the Friday Night Who is that, um, of course, we, we mentioned Kit Peddler, that this was kind of initially his idea, and that they liked it so much that they offered him a job. And that's his, it's because of the War Machines that he came back to write Tenth Planet and created the Cybermen. So it owes you, Keith, you owe this story more <laughs> like than what you're actually giving. Well, and I think Peddler is partially why I like it so much. Um, <laughs> why I like it, that's, he helps lift it up. This is the last uh, episode that the St. John's ambulance sticker appeared on the TARDIS oh. until 11th hour. And it's weird because it disappears midstream. We, it's on the door when he lands, but it's not there when they take off. We mentioned that back when they, when it when uh, the eleventh doctor started. And they added Did we? The, uh, or no, that was when he started. It was. 
Well, when we got to it, I don't remember. Yeah. Speci- I don't remember we, specifying we talked, that it was yeah, War Machines. I just remember the that the first Doctor did have it. I think you brought up the trivia that the, that this was the first. It was time it, it, well, it's, since it's, the War. It's, it's weird to see it the other way. There, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird to come back to it. It's been so long too since we've t- had that discussion. <laughs> Everything's so long ago. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Um, and that this was, uh, of course, you guys talked about the. Um, um, the, the reconstruction that this was one of the ones that literally had been, uh, and that's a really gone. fascinating bonus feature. I, I think it's incredibly ironic that they the surviving parts, other than the Blue Peter stuff, the surviving parts were found in Nigeria. Yeah. It's like it's true. Let's go to Nigeria and start combing through everything. <laughs> I think we should go door to door. Hi, we're here looking for Doctor Who. Do you have any? <laughs> Doctor Who is required. <laughs> Give up your copies. <laughs> I know you've got one in the basement. I don't know. I liked the story. Yeah, like I said, is, I really did. The, the war machines are the war machines are definitely the low part of it, but um, it's a fine story, and I, I really enjoy Heartland a lot. Let's move on to Time Works. <laughs> Go for it. Can I say that the. Uh, no, when I move on, we're done. <laughs> well, my, la- my last thought: the post office tower looks like IG eighty eight. Oh, it does kind of. <laughs> it looks, like sonic, looks like a modern sonic screwdriver. That too. Time works. I really liked that they uh, they called Dodo. <laughs> it's like you know they, they they call the bar for her, or not Dodo, but um, yeah, Polly. Polly. <laughs> they called the bar to find her, and it's like. What kind of office worker are you that they know that, well, she's not here? Try calling the bar. Well, she knew the bartender very well. So The Inferno. There was a bit of a bar culture in the... Uh, 60s. Well, yeah, and even in television, <laughs> they would always go down to the bar. And they, so I think that was probably... Well, and I, I, think it, I don't know if it was Chris or somebody else pointed out. Well, obviously, if they were BBC exec, then they would have known where to go. <laughs> Maybe it was Dan that made that joke. I don't know. Somebody made the joke. Although the bar culture at the BBC, I don't think, was until much later, like in the, in the 70s. And, and even Hartnell seemed to be having a good time in the bar. He just kind of, yeah, yeah, we'll hang out. We'll make some emergency phone calls, call some hospitals. It'll be right. Give me some beers. Okay. Time works. The Doctor Charlie and Kara is Are you sure? Yes. Everybody's done with War Machines? Got anything else? I'm just double checking. I wouldn't want to launch into another review and you have <laughs> one final thought. Alright, go ahead. I'm impressed I remember that much from it <laughs> because I watched it like Wednesday. And then with my weekend as being exhausting. Yeah. Anyways. The Doctor, Charlie, and Kara's arrive in a kingdom obsessed with productivity and clock-watching, where the slightest hint of wastefulness can raise the ire of the clockwork men who move between the tick and the talk of a second. When the travelers become separated, will they become stuck in time, like flies in amber? Really? It says that? Yeah. It is. Huh. And the Doctor describes it that way. Yeah. Oh, he does, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> I broke this one up and listened to it in parts, so I'm a little fuzzy wow. on some of the earlier. Dun dun dun. Yeah, I'll give it that. that was, I, I give it a little heartier. Dun dun dun. I really enjoyed this one. I think this one was better than you know. I quite enjoyed um, other lives, but I think this was, was a, think a stronger story. But I would agree. Probably more so because it felt a little more back to the status quo. <laughs> without being, I mean, it's, it's such an imaginative story. Without being. Uh, it, it feels like a Doctor Who story, 
but it's very imaginative in the, in, the, in the style and structure of how it's done. Yeah, it really is. Especially breaking up uh, with kind of it being told, uh, obviously to the kids that we find out at the end is, is who's being with told, the but with the narration throughout. And I like when that works that way. When you have to interject narration to any sort of media, as long as there's a payoff for it, I'm fine with it. If it's just like uh, the best is... Uh, Omnipotent voiceover. (laughs) Yeah, when it's omnipotent voiceover, it's just come on. You you shouldn't need this unless there's a reason for it, and there is in this one. From the dawn of time, we came. (laughs) No one knew we were among you until now. The uh, the idea behind it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Once we got into it, anybody else get an end time? Did that pop in your head at all? Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, the uh, Timberlake. Timberlake movie. No, I haven't watched it yet. It's or on my list. Time is Currency. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's so it did. It, it's an enjoyable film, but it made me think of this, or that. That's, make, this that, made me think of that because, like, they stole the idea and Hollywoodized it and didn't do it as good. See, I, I, I didn't go there with that film. But that was my first thought: was oh, they're using time as currency. That's kind of what, what, yeah. what it is. Because especially when she calls herself the computer, calls herself the accountant. I thought that was. I was like, okay, well, I hit that one on the head. <laughs> um, time is money, but money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm all over the map tonight. <laughs> I one of the things that stood out to me in this one is that it, I, I have been having problems with Cariz's character, and I think part of that is because we keep foreshadowing this overarching story that we're going to eventually build to or or do something with. But we stepped away from this in this one completely. And Kariz was the Kariz that I felt we were introduced to early on. Yeah. And so I, he was I enjoyable to listen to this listening one. to Kariz in this one. And not that he was not enjoyable in the others, but just that we didn't have that moment yeah. of darkness. And, well, and you have the you have the Charlie and Kariz moments and, and, and working together and, and caring for each other and worried for each other and concerned and and at no point do you feel like there's any of that animosity that went on as we came out of the Divergent universe, which I still think drove a huge schism that, that creates a problem. But I like the camaraderie between the two characters in this one because we didn't have any of this, you know, to remind us that there's something else going on, especially with Kariz. Um I like the idea of separating Kariz and Charlie and the Doctor in the way that they did, whereas the Doctor is transported back past to this moment that's frozen. And the nice build-up to his capture and near decapitation, because the, 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 the most tense moment is the idea of when Charlie and Kariz come up on that moment, and it occurs to you that because they've kind of foreshadowed that they can't change anything, they can't move anything, nothing that, that can be moved by them because it's frozen in time. That 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 realization is of they are seeing this moment and can't do anything about it. Yeah. And yeah. then getting clever with doing something about it. Her whispering to the king to try to convince him that she that the doctor is a good man and she sh- he sh- he should listen to her. Um, tying the scarf around. Uh, I think it was his eyes, the one guard's eyes that yeah. was, was was had the blade. Um, well, and then they did that earlier with around the legs. They tried around the legs earlier, yeah. Um, so all of those different things, and then her having a conversation with this, you know, you could just imagine this frozen doctor, and you know, 
encourage him not to give up hope and do everything he can. I just it, it, that was really a neat moment. I thought, and 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 one of those, you know, I very very rarely do I get these tense moments where I'm like, you know, now what? What are we going to do? And that was one of those times. And in, when you can do that to me in an audio drama and really rope me in that <laughs> that way, I think that's well done. I thought that the what was the uh, prince's name? Um, I keep wanting to call him Valiant, but that's the, I, uh, I can't remember that. Xanath? Xanath. It was it that was that, that was the I think prince. That's the prince. Okay. It doesn't the king, say prince. The king before. was uh, ve- Kalish. Yeah, I think that's or right. Or Rebnon. Rebnon was no. Kalis was Vanis. Yeah, Kalis was the husband. Right, right. Kalis was Vanis's husband. Castorian was the Castorian. Okay, so I liked Castorian a lot. I liked that he felt like he was in. Just basically, a need to do this as as king. He had to follow, you know, basically what was, but do, but, do but what didn't he was want to do yeah. what he was told. The prince, who what did you say his name was? Xanath. Uh, Xanath. Was this weird? The idol prince. Yeah, he. It was. It was strange because he go. They go this direction of he's basically the one that trying to convince his father that he has to kill the doctor. And there's almost this, like, Vanith wants to be, uh, or not Vanith, <laughs> Xanath wants to become, wants to overthrow his father, wants to come take the crown, wants to work with the clockwork men, wants to work with the clock tower. But then there's this whole change and turn in character later that I didn't think was was maybe explained as well, because suddenly the doctors, him and the doctor are buddy buddy. When they when the revolution has started, he and the doctor are all buddy buddy, and they're on the same side and everything. And I thought this was just a really abrupt change that I don't know that I could yeah. rectify. Did anybody else have that problem? Yeah, it seemed it seemed very one eighty that he he starts off, and I bought the I'm trying to change things. I need your help. Blah blah blah. In the prison, in the dungeon, and then so the doctor goes up to do his thing, and he gets caught. And the guy rolls on him just immediately. Oh, you must decapitate him, father. He broke the rules, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, he's that guy. Okay. <laughs> but then all of a sudden he was back to the doctor talked him out of it. And maybe that was the implied robots, you know, uh, affecting him in between the, the, the tick and the right. talk, which is why he changed his mind so suddenly. Which is a clever concept. Really but clever. they established that he was immune to it, so I, I'm still kind right. of torn right. on how And then didn't that go work. really anywhere with that idea as yeah. well. Because isn't he the one that the, the doctor insinuated as a child? He, tra- he, wa- he was curious what was behind the door in the, in the throne room yeah. and wanted to go through there, and he was the boy that was immune. I... I don't know. That that was the one part that just kind of was like. Uh, I think that's the only thing happened. that bothered me, and I, it felt like this this story was moved along quickly for sake of time, but not that it felt rushed. Just that it was there was very few breaks where you kind of got some of that exposition or some of that conversation. Uh, it just really felt like you were clipping on from scene to scene, and I think part of that helped the fact that they kept bouncing back and forth between what was happening to the doctor and what was happening to uh, Cariz and Charlie. I tell you that the strength of this episode really was when they broke them up and the doctor vanished and Cariz and Charlie were stuck in the moment of nothingness that they were in this moment between time. My initial gut reaction was, Ugh, uh, that's how we're going to break them up in this episode. And the doctor be up on his thing. Like, okay, here we go. But I didn't mind. 
that I think really well, is a testament it, I, to the, the the good storytelling that was going on because I because they felt like they were still inner inner exactly yeah. they, they well, it felt like they were in, and Charlie and Curtis weren't fighting they were getting along while they were kind of bickering about what they should do they they still were working together where recently they've been kind of on edge with each other yeah this felt more like the uh, when he first joined the team, right. it felt just right. like that again, which is why it works as well when you break him up. Yeah. Agreed. 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 You didn't need the doctor as a buffer. Yeah, time. exactly. Um, Stephen Lyons, who obviously, by the way, wrote this, <laughs> is just quickly becoming one of my favorite writers. I think everything that I've read that he's written is just really well done. Um, and, 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 and very... he. He's not shy about taking very high concepts, and this isn't even high concept. It's just the 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 science of it is just really not even baffling. It's just very it's intelligent writing with simplistic ideas, yeah. and I, I think that he he manages to uh, kind of encapsulate the story and make it this really you know you got to think about it. You've got to think outside the box with these type of stories, but make them easy enough to you know to, to follow along and not get lost and feel like you've you've completely gone off the rails. And I think that he does he he manages these stories really well. It's interesting that you say that because I, I, I Steve Lyons writes, and I think I've mentioned this before, but when we get into the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which are the you know the serial ones, he's responsible for a large number of my favorite episodes oh, of that particular run. So I'll be looking forward to hmm. hearing more. Well, because he he wrote one on we loved of Fires of Vulcan. Yeah. Yep. And Colditz, we all were Colditz was another one uh, fond of. And then too. obviously he wrote Crooked World, which we're all hopefully we're all reading now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, We're only a few days in May, April. You're all right. I have not yet started it. Yeah, but we got an ebook coming up, so yeah, that'll take a day, hopefully. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why don't they have this guy on New Who? No, they why, need why, to. Why is he really the show? He and Moffat. Moffat. He and Moffat would click. Oh yeah. <laughs> they would really. But yeah, I, I agree. I like the, the idea of this whole, you know, and and the the, the 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 nomenclature that this particular planet is dealing with that. You know, between the tick and the talk, and the way they refer to time, and all of that seemed incredibly well thought out. Not to mention the fact that we're dealing with monsters that you know have these abilities. If the if that part of the story, I think, has one downfall, it's the very nebulous nature of what is this project? What are you all working toward? What is this completion that you're struggling to get to? Because then the doctor kind of implies that it doesn't matter because you're never going to get to it anyway, are you? You're just pushing them as far as you can. I really, the, the way they kind of started off is there were these little hints dropped about the, we, we've got to get to this and the other planets are catching up or everything. And I kind of thought maybe we were going to see that there was one overreaching conglomeration company that was kind of pitting these planets against each other financially or, or industrially to achieve this end goal of something bad. And the fact that the clock uh, tower seemed to have TARDIS technology that it was bigger on the inside. And they made several comments to that nature. And the doctor was like, aha. So immediately I'm going, okay, who is the master? Maybe it's the Ronnie. Oh, cause the, oh, cause the controllers, the auditor is a woman. So it's the Ronnie. And that didn't pan the out. Figurehead. The figure, you know, who are these people? 
And it just seemed like that aspect of it kind of fell off. And maybe I built it up too much in my own head. Because I think maybe you did. Because he, he, he I just didn't. sets out the, here's the stuff. But it's not about that. It's about this. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think, in a way, that's another example of good writing. Because it makes me question yeah, what yeah. else is going on well, over here. But, but I wanted so much more of it. The nature of a franchise like Doctor Who is you're always thinking in the past. You're always thinking, well, this relates to this person, or this relates to this person. So you are, and I do that a lot of times, too. And I didn't particularly do it on this one. And I like the concept of the fact that this this group's ancestors put this in place, and it was the failure of their system that created this computer in order to make things right this time. And I like the idea of the doctor realized they could never achieve what this computer felt was she was tasked with, and that was making everything in sync or industrialized, not just the way that things are produced or the way that things are run, but the industrialization of a people. I yeah. thought that was a really to neat the fact concept. that the town is called industry, or the planet yeah. is called, called industry. industry. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was really neat. And I wasn't quite – now that you say that, I'm surprised I didn't go that direction either and wonder if there was more of a higher higher arcing uh, group that was overseeing this. But when they got to that point, it, it, the whole money is – or the time is money uh, as currency and the whole – the idea of being able to stop the machine in order to remove the um, – the, uh, Things that were wrong with it, you know what I mean? In order, I mean, just it was this whole computer trying to run a society as a machine, and I thought, wow, that's just really, really cool. And of course, a, a computer would get that wrong. Yeah. A computer would well, would yeah. could not think outside of its programming. In this, even when it, even computers sometimes that become self aware, they still lack that um, uh, rationale of, of of the human side of it. They they lack all of those elements that make people and humans what they are. Even and I Voton. Liked that. Yeah, even Voton. Which that's that's what made me think of when we got to that point and I tweeted to you, was this serendipity that you'd plan these two stories uh, together? Yes, because it was, it was very similar with one computer uh, kind of running everything. So I would love to be able to take credit and say, no, I planned that out. No, it's totally, it, it, it just happened to work out that way. But well, it, I'm glad it did because it was very cool. Serendipity. 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 I have nothing bad to say about this story. Um, other than the third part drag. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I concur with pretty much everything you said. You're here. I don't know. That. <laughs> I, every time I listen to another Paul McGann story, I just want to keep going on. <laughs> I just, oh. I'm so excited. Ever since Night of the Doctor, I've been such on this Paul McGann eighth Doctor high. I just want to go and, and gobble up everything that I can. Th- this honestly may be the first one of his in a very long while where I can say that uh, he may not have been the best part of the story. Because we always tend to say that. I always say, well, Paul McGann, it's got, you know, it's got Paul McGann in it. Obviously, well, he's the best thing around. He's kind of a smaller part in it, really. Well, yeah. Or, but was he... A, was he, he was integral, but... Well, was he smaller? Or did we just... Because everything else kind of shined... <laughs> it, everything else rise to rose his to, level. Yeah, yeah there you I, go. I, I almost wonder if that's it. Because bet, there is a lot of McGann in this, but you're right. It feels I, I like think, he's useless. And that's exactly I don't think he is. is. Yeah. I think it's because, yeah, every, everything, everything else was able to... Everything else rose to meet McGann. Which... 
kudos to Lion for being able to write everyone evenly. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and that just makes it all the more, what if? <laughs> Let's give the guy a shot because now that we've established this, we know that, oh my goodness. Um, During the Karen panel, somebody asked, who's your least favorite doctor? As they do. She said Paul McGinn. No. Oh. She uh, kind of was hemming and hawing, and someone in the crowd yelled, The Eighth Doctor. And then someone else yelled, Hey, I like Paul McGinn. <laughs> <laughs> and then she went on the answer with the movie. Ah. Really? Cushing. Cushing. Oh, that one. Okay. That's no, f- not the movie. Not no, Doctor no, no. The movie. Yeah, she meant Cushing. Cushing. Right. That's, that's a fair response to that, then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most diplomatic response. <laughs> Especially in a room full of Who fans. Yeah. <laughs> Who asked that question? <laughs> really? They asked the fan panel, too. I mean, we ask those questions amongst ourselves, but who asks somebody that's involved with the show that question? That's just not cool. Crazy, silly <laughs> She should have just said Matt Smith. And left it at that, knowing that she wasn't serious. Yeah. Anything else? I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it may serve to incriminate me. Anything else on TimeWorks? It was very, very good. I enjoyed it. I really wanted to see more. Does anybody else get stuck in the the Clockwork Robots look of these things? At first. Hearing them tick and talk. I I could see the gears. Until they explained it differently, I saw. Once they explained it, I saw like a blank clock face. And their arms were clock arms. Yeah. And then that took me away from the girl in the fireplace clock. Yeah. My my whole time, I, I kept. Imagining not 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 the fancy masks of the what is that sixteenth seventeenth century, not because they were obviously doing that in order to right, infiltrate, to hide but, it, the, yeah. but the, the the clear face with the clockwork you could see in it. I just that's what I imagined that whole time. See, yeah, it I, wasn't until the descriptor, although okay, yeah. I, my the first few times that I, I I thought of okay that's the clockwork droids, the clockwork droids. It wasn't until I went to the looked at the cover of this. And it has kind of one looking to the side. I th- I think that's what it is. Maybe it's Kariz. I couldn't tell for sure. <laughs> it doesn't look like Kariz. Yeah, I think it's one of the droids. Don't you suspect? Yeah. Yeah. I so, think that's, so that's that's then I then I went picture. with okay. I got this is what I need to picture. This isn't really what I'm imagining from Girl oh. in the Fireplace. No, didn't go there with it. It has much more of a human face than I it, expected. It, it helped. That helped me visualize I, these I, even. I'm roads. sorry. Even after the description. They had clear plastic heads with gears looking. on the inside, but a clock face pasted on the front of it. I mean, it just, that was, it was a walking clock, mm-hmm. but well, it had, yeah. it, with blade arms, yeah. you know, like Terminator. <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't picture the frilly ruffles and everything, but that head, right, right. that was, mm-hmm. yeah, that got lodged in there forever, and I could yeah, not. Yeah, imagine more of a round nah, face. Nah, I, I couldn't get the, it out of there. And then they would, here they come. By the way, the sound in this was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, all the way down to the, the incidental music was perfect, which there was not a lot of it. And they just the back the, I mean, just the, when they were in certain areas and near the clock tower and in the clock tower, it was just all of the audio in this was just, it just drew me right in. It was really, really well. As done. opposed to some of them that we've had again recently, where it's been a little over bombastic, overproduced, or or there's some of them have been very dry, just kind of that stock background sound, you know, yeah. just, we've we've run the gamut of of the really intense, shrill audio to the just kind of mundane. This one was really well balanced. Yeah. Yeah. High marks across the board. High marks. This one. Huh. This story had the working title of Clockworks, 
and submitted uh, Steve Lyon submitted the idea to Big Finish, not stipulating a particular doctor, but specifying two companions. Gary Russell's original intention was to place it within the Divergent Universe story arc. Mm. Really? That would have been interesting. Yeah. It kind of almost has a feel can, to it. That kind of explains of, why know. Kariz feels more like early Kariz. Oh, maybe so. Well, yeah. and, it, and the ideas in this almost seem very Divergent Universe. Well, even if it was just a generic two-companion story with any doctor, two companions on the TARDIS, despite who they are, would have had a really good chemistry together. I mean, they would have had a really good... So, maybe that's why it's even written that way no, until yeah. you add the names in. So, yeah. But it's so, again, it would have worked in the Divergent. This when, this, when there was more it would have required a little more rewriting, but it could have been a fourth Doctor, Harry, and, and Sarah Jane. Sure. It yeah. could have been a, um, a fifth a Doctor. Fifth doctor um, Tegan and Nisa. Tegan think, and Nisa. Yeah. Or Nisa. Nisa. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Yeah. Well, it could have even been a. Weren't Tegan and uh, Turlow together for a while? Couldn't they have? That's what I meant. I meant, Te- I meant Tegan and Turlow. I did not mean uh, Tegan and Nisa. Because <laughs> Nissa was kind of on her own, and then we got Turlow. Now, Nissa, Nissa, during his, Nissa and Tegan joined at the same time. Yes. And then. And Turlow. And, and Nissa leaves. Tegan during, leaves. And this is around for like one episode, well, which is where all of the Fifth Doctor well, yeah. stuff is set. And then Tegan comes back with, and then Turlo comes back immediately after that. Because yeah. Adric's there at the beginning, too. Right. Yeah. But but there's a time where Nyssa leaves and it's just Tegan and Turlo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. She leaves in Terminus. And then yes. just Turlo. Because that's part of the. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. I Black, said that backwards. The Black yes. Guardian trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if Perry and, and Aram, Aramim were. Well, that could have worked. I think you could have put any, really anybody. Ah, yeah, you could. Yeah. As long as they've got a good chemistry together. Joe and the Brig. A warm, working <laughs> relationship. All right, what's coming up? Benton next? and Yates. What's coming up next on the <laughs> schedule? Uh, well, next week on the schedule for Friday Night Who, we have Image of the Findal with Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, and Leela. Uh, which we will be doing on the 11th, which technically is the 12th. And then our show that week will be Image of the Fendal and the fourth ebook, The Roots of Evil. So you've got a week to finish reading that. If you haven't started it yet, I have not. Um, anybody have any? any anybody started it yet? Is it good? Nope. Um, I'm only about eight pages in. So Eight good pages or eight? eight? I'm slogging through uh, eight pages. Eight. I'm not sure where they're going with it yet. Okay. So, yeah. Glenn's on the fence. Uh <laughs> And then the following week is uh, Tooth and Claw with David Tennant for Friday Night Who because it's the introduction of Torchwood proper and we will be starting our reviews with Miracle Day. So if you haven't yet, make sure you go out and get your copy of Miracle Day or what uh, it's on several different than we determine. It's on Netflix. And it's on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So it's on a couple of different. But uh, you don't get the web of lies on that. So you might have to look to the intertubes for that. I re I downloaded that originally from my iPad um, oh. when I first bought it, and so I just went and re-downloaded it because it was something that I had already you know taken care of. So I believe I still have access to that, and so I'm sure it's still available. I haven't actually looked; I just re-put it on there. That stupid software update. Oh, <laughs> almost got angry. 
What software? Well, you, the iPad, when you do the oh. download your thing, and it helps. Uh, you have to hook it up to iTunes, which I hate. And iTunes says, oh, you got to do the software update. It's like, okay, fine, do the update. Do you want to delete everything ever? No. Well, you have to in order to do the update. And I keep forgetting every time I do it that you do. It deletes everything, but then it says, would you like to restore it? <laughs> and I was really worried, honestly, about my legacy information. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, now it's on the it's cloud. cloud. Yeah. yeah, I don't have that set up. Free cloud-based. Oh. Really? Yeah. You better uh, set that up. Well, if he backed up his iPod be- iPad before the update, he's okay. Yeah. But anyway, so there's that. So, And then we're doing Web of Fear. I think we covered that last time. But. Yeah. All right. Well, because we're doing a uh, great intelligence, the great intelligence arc, arc, adversary archive. I was looking for what we actually call this. It's been a while since we've done one. All right. Well, I don't know how we're going to get a copy of Abominable. Mm-hmm. Just don't you need, don't you have retcon? You have a, you can get retcon. Yeah, I know, but just the fact that it doesn't exist makes me sad. <laughs> We'll just get we a find the copy. The retcons are available on the internet. I don't know. I really different sources. When's Easter? And I, I don't encourage in. I don't encouraging downloading. You don't encouraging. Of, I don't encourage the downloading of pirated software or anything like that, or or films or anything. But with the retcons, there are different. Uh, they're a different monster because of the fact that they are first of all produced by fans, and second of all. The BBC is not losing any money on those because they haven't, they don't have them. They don't have ownership over them because they don't have possession of them as well. What day so is that, Easter? That's the why Loose Cannons has always been. Sunday. See, oh well, yeah. That's why Loose Cannons has always that's been really good about, you know, you send them an envelope, they send you a videotape, you know, for five bucks. And it's the cost of the videotape. So they've done that for years. So They still do that? There's not a problem. Um, <laughs> it's, it still says they do on their website, but I haven't filled it yet. <laughs> And it does say videotape. It'll like be hard send you a DVD can we, can we post their link in the show notes just to see if somebody's like, yeah, I want a VHS copy of this. Loose cannons. All right. I'd be is more impressed if they had a VCR to play well, uh, just, just, just so that everybody knows, this uh, archive is planned for after Easter, and uh, I'm still adamant that we're going to get some sort of announcement then. So it's possible that maybe Abominable will have been found. And oh. that, you think uh, we're going to get an Easter announcement? I think we'll get an Easter announcement. Any reason? Nope. Okay. Gut hunch. If Easter Saturday, let me postulate this: If Abominable had been found before, or along with Web of Fear, I think they would have done their best to put that out as well. So that as they a would have had, I agree. Yeah. So they would have had some background for people on Web of Fear. So, if especially with anything, the way Moffat pl- right. works with great intelligence, and right. if they've got anything, they've got other titles. Marco so. Polo. But it may have been discovered since then. It, that's that's certainly possible. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. I really enjoyed goading Glenn into having the listening episode discussion, even though we didn't talk about it. Sean, seeing you. What was I saying? <laughs> that's my line. He says that. Good night, everybody. That's, I met Matt that's what you get. That's for what I get for trying to go there. I met Matt Smith and Karen Gillian <laughs> and lived to tell about it and didn't pass out. We'll get the real story from Sarah later. (laughs) Picking away the moments that make up a dull day.
You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. You are young, life is long, now.